0: this is Spotlight,
1: the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. and I'm JP. And just the two of us this time, JP. Uh, Garrett's off in Portugal, is he? He's off on holiday, leaving us behind to uh, to man the yeah. fort. Lucky bastard. That those those uh, those Grapple books are going
0: far. Oh, exactly. I mean, like he left Grapple Towers for Grapple Villas, <laughs> didn't he? For the for the, for the week um, in a country that isn't hasn't got a quarantine on it. And I knew that already from my Portuguese neighbours who urged me to go. Does it and not? I just thought, I'm,
2: I'm
1: sure it does. Yeah. You know?
0: I'm sure there's parts
1: of it maybe that do and parts of it
0: that don't. Maybe Lisbon. Mm. We've had long conversations about this. Mm. Um, and I think Lisbon is pr- was pretty bad, but where um, he's from, um, it's, that's not the case.
2: Oh, so,
0: okay. yeah, yeah. He's, he's all right on that front. So, so, Gareth, getting a cheeky holiday in. Good luck, Tim. him. That's going to Sunning st- it up but like well, we're working
1: i know we're, we're putting the work in for grapple you know making those making those grapple books like but he was he was saying as well like and i completely agree it's like he, i think he originally was going to go to Croatia. i think it was and like there's a, there's a two-week what... quarantine from there i was looking to go into um, budapest with me at one point and like it was fine to go as far as you know, coming back and not having to quarantine. But if we went there, they were like, yeah, no Brits. If you're a Brit, you've got to quarantine for two weeks here. So it was completely pointless going there because you wouldn't see outside of your hotel. But I don't know, from our point of view, I think we're a bigger danger to the rest of the world than the rest of the world tour- is to us. Yeah. Like, I was talking to Gareth the- about this. And it was like, do you not think going to Manchester, for example, is probably more dangerous than going abroad at this point? Not that flying is particularly a great thing to do right now, but I don't know, I'm talking levels of risk... I think we're the mm. as normal. The Brits are the world's biggest problem, or at least the Europe's biggest problem.
0: Yeah, certainly. Then you get into kind of Brazil and obviously US territory. Then after that, don't you? Mm. Um just Florida on take, its own. Oh my God! I'm still amazed in some way that there's still wrestling going on in Florida. Mm. I really am. Like I, I, I've just been kind of waiting. Going right, it's going to get really bad now. Mm and uh yeah i'm very much a covid pessimist at this point like i'm convinced it's gonna rip through i don't know like it's like they're fucking aliens or something like that and we're all and we're all like that settling population in aliens Mm. and it's just gonna rip through all of us apart (laughs) from one kid who'll die at the beginning of of alien three and really that was a big missed opportunity but that's a conversation for a whole other time (laughs)
1: is that me because I've, I've had to uh, as you know jp i've had to get a covid test this weekend nothing serious i don't yeah to, i've just got a cold honestly i have it i got i'm the worst for getting a cold like all year round like i'll at least several weeks a year i'm in work crying in the corner because i've got a i've got a bit of man flu uh and I, because i thought i would do the responsible thing. So on Saturday, I wasn't feeling great and went and got myself a test because it only takes 48 hours for the results to come back in. So I thought, I'll be fine for mm-hmm. Monday morning. Don't need to see anybody at the weekend. I'll just play it safe. You know, I had a sore throat and a headache and maybe a slight temperature, but nothing nothing mad. And then, unfortunately, my test came back uh, unclear, was the wording on it. Um, so because it's inconclusive... That's more worrying. Yeah. That's I'm...
0: like a, maybe <laughs> some super strain hybrid here. Maybe. I, I think... I... I think it more means I was doing some
1: googling on it, and a lot of people were saying it basically means they lost the test, or something went wrong with the barcode, or you know, you were an idiot and you didn't swap yourself properly because it's horrible. Like it's the worst thing in the world. You, have you had one? Like I can't remember. Yeah, if you I had, have. yeah. It's. I the, have. It is horrible, and yeah. I
0: hated it. It's it's uh, not fun. Yeah, the, the, yeah. My gag reflex isn't the best, so you know. Um. Yeah, it, it was. It's just like you do it, and it felt like when I was there with my sons, who were like. 14 and and 15 at Mm. this point and they it was like they were toddlers again and you're Mm. wriggling and they're just wriggling around to do it and it's like oh my god i didn't think i'd gone but i would reverted back to this already um (laughs) yeah not a pleasant experience not had it so far but it's been a while since i've I don't want to be honest. It's and like I'm a, back in work tomorrow, so... Well, it's like a sexual
1: health yeah. thing, I reckon. I reckon everyone should get one every two weeks. Like, yeah. When, when I went, mine was full of taxi drivers. I don't know if they're, they're getting them more regularly than everyone else, but it was a drive-through one where you go through and it is like the end of the world. Like yeah. There's all these, all these people in hazmat suits and masks all stood around. Maybe not the hazmat suits, but all stood around. Uh, and you pull up to to a guy and he holds a sign up going, are you here for a COVID test? And I kind of nodded my head and then he shoved one through my opposite window with like, like a pair of like things that you pick up like dog shit with in a park, like (laughs) making sure he was still in. it. I was like, I'm glad he was safe. I was wearing a mask as well. Uh, And yeah, I went through all that just to find out it was unclear, but basically the advice was go get another test and, it meant I didn't have to go into the office the last two days, so I can
0: I can live with uh. that.
1: I might even get the the second test result while we're here alive doing the podcast, JP. So that
0: would be I was be a I was going to say if I'm done. Yeah, that would be at that point, isn't it? Ah, there you go. And as long as this podcast doesn't end with you coughing blood on your webcam, fuck like, hell. to me at this point, then that'd be all right. No, I'm joke. I joke. I jest. You'll be absolutely fine. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> please please don't
1: die. <laughs> Well, on that note, we might need, like, we can't at this point, JP, we were talking before about the fact that mm. doing a podcast with the two of us is a, it's a different challenge. Like, unlike when Gareth's here or, you know, when we had Stefan you can't, you can't disappear and go for the loo at this point. Like, we've got to, we've got to both be on our toes. We've both got, we've got to be careful and not, yeah. uh, not leave the other one hanging. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, exactly. Exactly. Because then you're filibustering, aren't you? Like, <laughs> we've Like all we'll said before. You do an oh. impact review yeah and it's me looking at um myself and normally a couple of other empty skype screens at that point as everybody disappears (laughs) off (laughs) steph nips off for a fag um and then like you kind of and and then you're really conscious about what you're saying because you Mm. realize that the people you're talking to just aren't listening it's just like (laughs) they turned around and faced away from you at a pub um and say your entire review turns to shit yeah it's uh the crippling pain of podcasting, there, folks.
1: Oh yeah! And before we even press record, as well, I was saying that you, you were trying to chat to me about like wrestling and stuff, and I was trying to ask yeah. you about your day. I was like, "Nope." There's only the two of us today. We've got to hold it. We've got to keep. Got to keep the, yeah. the premium content for the podcast. Don't tell us your thoughts on uh, on Messi and Harry Maguire until uh, we press record. That's the that's stuff yeah. we're
0: uh, But yeah, ha- Harry Maguire is funny. <laughs> I will say that, if completely expected as well. Do you think he did? I it? don't know how you feel. I I have a low opinion, generally, of, you know, being a big wrestling fan doesn't necessarily help this as well, but a really low opinion sometimes of kind of like sports stars and the like. So I'm going to go and uh, go out on a limb and probably say, yeah, he did. I don't know about you. What about you? What do you Ed, reckon?
1: I enjoy like the quotes. Uh, I hope people haven't basically got arrested. I, if the Americans don't even know this is this is the uh, the Man United captain who got arrested for attacking the police. I think in Greece is the, the story. He claims yeah. he claims like some 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 men came. It's like my classic to...
0: football manager, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I just don't know if you've seen that with the England captain is like leading the riots. <laughs> yeah, like in, you a, said... in a film that I think is criminally underrated, by the way. Like, got... I think genuinely funny. I don't think the I've got him a I should. No. Do. No, I should have. Uh, like, there's a lot of stuff that, that it's very kind of nineties football, but mm. my god, like the the Gaza clone in it alone is just sort of worth it. Um and the way they do the sort of Argentina rematch and the rest of it. But yeah, it's it's very good fun. Three and a half stars going. Four stars. Did you give it? I'd go solid three and a half. Like you don't expect the best, but you're very pleasantly surprised by it. Mm. I don't know. A bit like watching Legally Blonde for the first time. (laughs) Where you're really thinking, I didn't think this is gonna be much. And by the end of it, you go, That's great. (laughs) Not like Mean Girls the first time. Mean Girls is
1: one like that, you know, I think. I think Mean Girls.
0: That was that's literally the example I was about to mention. You
1: think it's gonna be a trashy shit film. And it's so good, like it's re- it's a, for what it is. Like it, I wouldn't say it's a five star film. I'm going to check my letterbox to actually see if I've rated
0: that, but it's a solid three and a half to four stars. I'd say. Mm. And it's you know I'm 42. I'm I'm not the target audience necessarily for Mean Girls. My God, that film kind of sticks with you, hmm. and you realise the amount of kind of um, good actors who d- who came from that as well, and the tragic tale of Lindsay Lohan, obviously in in there. Um, but, yeah, Mean Girls. Yeah, cracking show. Which I know, obviously, Joe went to see on, the, um, uh, on stage on Broadway. Mean Girls Rotten on stage on Broadway. That's yeah. that, that, is, that is probably best than getting to wrestling, yeah. I'd say so. And I think he dodged a bullet for that, seeing as the hell of getting out of uh, MetLife Stadium. Hmm. Yeah. That's true. It seemed like a nightmare that year.
1: Yeah. And you, br- you bring Joe up, JP, which is the, a bit yep. of a segue to... A, to another of the reasons that it is just me and uh, you on this podcast today, that like obviously, yeah. you probably should give people a bit of a, a status update on on Joe. Um, obviously, he's been gone for what the last six weeks or so. Um, he was, you know, he did, he went away, he went on holiday, as we as we discussed, um, and was suffering with a a bit of burnout from the podcast. And you know, we haven't wanted to say either way whether you know what the the future kind of held with with joe and the podcast until we knew more so apologies to anyone who either outright asked or was uh was wondering why it didn't really come up too much but mm. yeah just to kind of say today that yeah as people probably uh, could have guessed at this point uh joe uh, is not coming back to the podcast um i'm very sad to say that um obviously yeah. we built a, a really great thing with joe um and it it's sad to see him go. Uh, it feels similar to what's happened with uh, with Jamesy over at uh, BWE as well. But yeah, Joe is just not feeling it really, as far as wrestling goes, which I think is is understandable uh, in this period. Mm. Uh, you know, never mind lockdown. You know, all of the 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 stuff from from mid June, all the speaking out stuff, and all of just wrestling. I think wrestling in general to be honest I think during this period Mm -hmm. um, has kind of seen Joe uh, feel a bit burned out I had a conversation with him on Friday and you know he's just at this point uh, not really feeling the love for wrestling Um, and yeah um, and it is Mm -hmm. uh, you know over to us to, uh, to carry on but yeah Sad news. I know. I'm hoping. You know. I'm sure people are, are good to the bar. Joe's uh, certainly got his fans out there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it is a sad one to uh, to lose our uh, our comrade to the, the podcast shaping.
0: Absolutely. And you know, um, one of our best friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I work with Joe. I'll be seeing Joe tomorrow. He's not dead. <laughs> it's uh, like the Jamie conversation at it, work. Yeah. Um, but and it's obviously incredibly sad. Like <laughs> you know. I for me we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for Joe. Mm. Um for people who've met yeah, me. In shows, it's, true, yeah. it's it's Joe who we kind of went with and it's 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 sad but completely understandable. Like there is like a a really a point where I think if you kind of lose the love and you just you kind of don't want to do it then at that point then it, it's it's something that you know like for us it's sad but we completely understand as well at mm. the same time and you know obviously i'm sad like i say you know one of my best friends and i love him yeah. and it's something that was is um like you know sort of like the highlights of the week for for us i mean it's it's funny kind of it's you, we've done podcasting now for three and a half years. That's crazy, and it's it's kind of like an absolute hell of a journey. Almost four at this point. I'm not far away. Yeah, not far from not far from four years, and that if you think of the amount of time, then you've got to dedicate at points going to shows, mm. but also watching shows as mm. well, and then recording longer and longer each week mm. as we go in, and then just. <laughs> have to kind of... And not talking about on. wrestling, that too. And not talk about wrestling at all. Um, which is, we had to fit it in because there just came a point where we were just like having an hour-long conversation before we were recording. Yeah. Um, and all of these are like, like are some of my happiest memories. Yeah. Like absolutely love it. Doing the live show in, in Germany. Yeah. Um, doing like Rev Joe. Um, like the rants which I would always have quite a unique perspective of those because I'd be the other person in the room. So I'd normally be sat there with my hand over my mouth, sort of laughing away, trying not to make too much noise. And then I just sort of gave up the ghost on that as well. And all of these things are like things that I absolutely love about doing the show. And um, I know for us, it was like Joe's forthrightness, is exactly who he is hmm. and even though we may not have agreed it's just like we well, you wouldn't change him for the world because that's kind of exactly who he is as well so for us it was sad knowing that he kind of fallen out of love hmm. with wrestling and at at that point like when he said to us that um he wanted to to step away we completely understood and we just hope you know um, that you'll stick around, support us too. Um, we've got some plans for the future mm-hmm. um, and things that we're going to do and we're going to try. And um, yeah, it's, it's not a case of, he's not someone you can replace mm. either. And that's not something that, you know, we're going to be doing. Mm. It's, it's, we're going to try different things out and knowing me, I'll probably die me ass. But then, through sheer persistence, we'll we'll somehow will through. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's really it's really sad for us, and we kind of knew it was always an elephant in the room in some of the previous weeks. And for those people who did kind of ask and we didn't respond, I hope you understood why. It was just a case of we weren't. It wasn't something we were going to you know sort of force Joe to give us an answer. It's like a, de- a decision that he's entirely reached by himself. Yeah, and like we had to respect that for the, you know, and for us now we can kind of definitively say,
1: and, you, and you're not going to force Joe to do something he doesn't want to do either and don't worry everyone I've tried
0: oh
1: good <laughs> um, fucking
0: luck with that yeah
1: <laughs> no well like I said if, if his heart's not in it and it's not something he wants to do then hopefully you know everyone's mm-hmm. going to and I'm sure everyone will you know will respect yeah. that and you know the door's always open Um, I don't want to give people yep. false hope you know there's you know no, no likelihood of that or, or anything but the door just to say you know and I've said this to Joe directly the door will always be open for him to you know if he ever wants to make an appearance in the future or you know if, uh, if things yep changed as well. But yeah, for the time being, yeah, it's uh obviously I think one thing to say is, you know, it's me and you were going to be around obviously we've been gareth's been on the show a lot more recently and i think that's something that was happening anyway that you know gareth was more and more on the show um as the the main man behind grapple so i think you will you will see more of that and um, but yeah in addition to that i think you can probably expect to see um some guests too uh, you know the likes of uh of steph coming back who we, we might mention later on uh, in one of our show reviews um and you know some, some she's everywhere at the well. minute isn't she? She, she really is yeah um and some other people as well Um, and yeah you know Mm -hmm. we've again you know like you said we've been doing this for three and a half years like we've Joe is a huge reason behind where I would you know proudly say the podcast i think has been a been a success mm. especially this year um so it is a bit of a it's a blow but you know we will continue on regardless we'll continue to uh, uh continue alluding to that mysterious patreon that one day we will put together yeah. um and, and to our other various plans you know you with your uh with your round tables and uh and other shows uh, mm. like that that we do hope to uh to do in future as well but uh yeah it's gonna uh it's gonna be a lot more of me and you jp um yeah a lot more of that stuff where i'll uh i'll tell you off for, for trying to talk to me about wrestling outside of the podcast and our relationship now jp is entirely b- within these walls now we can't have a conversation now without recording i think that's that's the way it's going to be like that was it's quite funny because you, like you were saying before that's what happened wasn't it with when we were on the indie corner like we were we were, we were trying our best to do, like, a hard-nosed Brit Res podcast. And it got to the point where, oh. like, me and Joe would sit there for an hour and a half chatting about fucking WrestleMania that happened last night or WWE stuff or New Japan or EastEnders or all of the other bullshit politics we all talk about. And then we used to just press record and go, Hi, everybody. Welcome to British Wrestling Spotlight. Now let's do our review of Attack Pro Wrestlings. And it's just like, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> All that wasted audio. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that. Maybe that'll be like a Patreon idea or release those lost tapes of uh, of the, of the off-topic uh, chatter that, uh, that took place before those recordings. That's, it's always the most important stuff.
0: I'd fear a lot of it would be slanderous. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I, mm. imagine, I completely imagine that is the case. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I'm now thinking how the hell did we ever convince Joe to review two days of a tag team tournament in attack like (laughs) match by match as well mate (laughs) match by match yeah like i'm look i'm thinking that and going like what did we do did we drug him beforehand (laughs) i have to assume we did something but um but yeah also I just wanted to say actually an an update on the round table i said at the end Mm -hmm. of the last show that um uh was looking to get the round table out last week unfortunately scheduling um issues kind of came up but um we will be doing it um recording this friday so looking to get that out certainly by saturday um even if it's just me talking aw for two hours like that that show's definitely gonna happen so yeah um i've got some great guests for it as well so really looking forward to um to doing that
1: yeah, people can uh can look forward to that on the feed and like you say, some uh some other fun stuff that we've uh, we've got planned going forwards. Um mm. but yeah, you know. It's it feels like I suppose on this one, JP, it's just me and you feels like WrestleMania weekend. Feels like the Shittest WrestleMania weekend, but it feels a bit like it, you know. It's it's the two of us. We've got a million million shows to recap. Uh, I don't know. Before we get into it, I know we've got the uh, the elephant in the room out the way. Yeah. Do you get up to anything else at the weekend other than literally watch all the wrestling? Because fucking hell, mate, I am. I the WrestleMania weekends I find quite quite like the ridiculous. Like, and I'll be yeah. watching wrestling for four days straight and I'll be up till five in the morning and I'll get up the next day and I'll be w- trying to catch up on what I missed and writing reviews for posts and then doing podcasts with you. But I kind of manage it this weekend. I don't know. I think it was just because the, you know, the shows were, the way the good shows were in kind of what we got, but maybe it's this... Mm. It is this period that we're in where, you know, obviously we're fans at some of these shows, but it's still it's still not quite the same. I did, I found it a slog this weekend, to be honest. I had to kind of walk away and, like, a couple of times turn off live shows and go and watch a film or something and just chill out. Uh, I don't know if your weekend was any
0: different than mine. It kind of was like that. I mean, I had to deal with it in blocks mm. and in bursts. And not a lot of it I I watched live. Um, A lot of it was like, I was just too tired. Mm. I would try and watch bits of it. And then I'd just be like, no, 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 I'm I'm giving up the ghost. And it was like a a really kind of shit mania weekend generally, wasn't it? With just like these low amount of shows and not really any people there, obviously. Like there's more people at the Black Label Pro Show that Mm. will talk about them than was at SummerSlam. Which, if somebody had said at the start of the year, it'd be what like <laughs> label pro book the rock or something like that, um, but it's it's yeah, it's just sort of really strange because it's the entire context of how you're viewing it, and each one of these shows has a weird, different viewing experience that's going on at them. Mm. So you've obviously got Thunderdome, and then you've got the plexiglass hell of the performance center, and then you've got um Daily's place mm-hmm. and aw and these kind of what appear to be a pocket of just a few people and i don't know if they're selling shows for the show coming up on thursday which i don't know if they should be doing but you've got that one there and then at black label pro it looks like was there 50 people sat very socially distanced
1: yeah i'd say about but indoors as well which was kind of odd to watch mm. like i don't know whether you know i've Gone on record, I've got a ticket to, to TNT's show at the end of October, so I can barely speak. I think that's going to be quite similar, but yeah, that was kind of kind of weird to watch, wasn't it? Like the the, the fact mm. that we like you said, WWE W B can't bring people in the building, but like these indies can. Uh, I mean, GCW is outdoors, so you can kind of you can kind of let that go. But yeah, it is. A, I suppose AEW are doing the, the pod people thing going forward, aren't they? Not like performance yeah. pod people, but they they are literally. I think it was five hundred fans, isn't it? They're going to have in uh in, in Daly's place I know they've already been doing it anyway as you said but yeah I think mm-hmm. times I don't know Florida is that a good idea uh, times are changing I, at least
0: exactly I, I, I can't help but feel that this won't be something that lasts too long mm. for this that that it's it, especially when we're hitting winter mm. sorry to come back onto that you may want to check your emails in case, in case just take every opportunity that is mentioned as like just a little reminder for you to just make sure you're checking your emails during it um <laughs> But it's such a bizarre period of time in wrestling mm. and um, just in general. Like, so you're watching these shows, and you're watching the show sometimes when you've got the context of COVID or you've got the context of speaking out. And, there's, it's, and I think they are the things that kind of hold you back from getting enthused about these shows. Mm. I think I watched more of these shows out of curiosity, like really apart from AEW, which I must confess I'm kind of into. I find at the minute, sometimes I'm watching these shows out of curiosity and I Mm. love watching wrestling. Mm. But in terms of like a kind of sense of emotional engagement, I'm not really getting any of that stuff. But in some ways, as I'll speak about a lot of the stuff was better than what I expected. But my expectations, I should state at the very beginning, for each of these reviews, was in the fucking floor. Hmm. I had no expectations for the, any of these shows being good. I thought, you know, there might be the worst shows in the world. And somehow, lo and behold, there was lots of all right stuff. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I gave That's up. how I'd say it. All right. I threw a few stars around on Grapple, to be honest. You know, yeah. there, was, there was stuff that was worth watching. Um, what did you make of the actual Thunderdome? like after all the, uh, after all the talk I, I'll be honest I don't, I don't think it was as bad as I thought when I saw the test mm. screens like I I honestly thought they were um, kind of what you call it using like digital effects to put the, the when I first saw the photos to put the fans in the stands I didn't realise they were actual boards and I think it looked shit from the hard cam which I think they knew as well, but when they went to like the floor cam, and I think it looked all obviously there's been problems with it as we'll uh, as we'll talk about at <laughs> uh, a certain amount of controversy with it. But as an idea, I don't I don't hate it as a visual. It is very bright and very WWE and very on the nose, and they definitely could have been a bit more subtle with it, shall we say? Um, but I don't know the actual thunder. The, the element of like putting the fans in the crowd. I don't hate as much as I hate the the piped in sound, but I'm someone who hates piped in sound anyway. You hear me moaning about it with AEW. Um, I used to always moan about the SmackDown pop. This was it you on know, mm-hmm. steroids. To be fair, it was unreal. Uh, at some point in these SummerSlam matches, uh, there, were, there were matches where maybe it like it added, but overall, you know. It just kind of felt a bit dystopian seeing like these silent fans sat there bored on their hands, and you can hear a, a mystical crowd that's that's not actually there. But I suppose those fans over the coming day, last couple of days, have gotten the memo, and they seem to have. Uh, I think for Raw as well, that they, they did uh, push them to uh, to to react more, and uh, I think they actually gave them specific instructions on how to look excited and mm. how to look like you. You're giving someone heat on screen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I didn't hate that element of it, but there were bits of it that were just very WWE. And they, they, they can never help themselves just taking it that extra bit too far.
0: No, they can't. Um, and if they've got a chance to do something that looks very dystopian, mm. I feel like they really like to go for it, don't they? Mm. Um, what I was reminded of during this... Um, when I when I saw it um, for the first, like, watching this show was the Black Mirror episode of 15 Million Merits, mm. the one with um, Daniel Kalua, who, um, he, and the way that the audience was, like these kind of avatars that were, like, cheering him because he threatened to kind of kill himself and tell the truth on stage. Yeah, Now, that's a great episode of Black Mirror, and I think he's up there in the top five, even if it is kind of horrible and it's very much Charlie Brooker doing a kind of reflection on himself in terms of this there was I was thinking it looked dystopian but then I also had the thought of I looked at it it looked like a lot of men I'll say that as well at the same time and then I did and this sounds awful I thought but there's a disturbing amount of them who aren't wearing any trousers or pants (laughs) during this entire thing and I know that's an awful thing to kind of assume um but it it just kind of it did it, it there's still a it just looks fucking creepy mm. it looks different and i don't think it looks necessarily awful if it was like kind of big screen tvs where you could see a bit of space of people kind of moving around or whatever that might even look weirder i don't know i'm describing it it's it the whole thing is so completely <laughs> unnatural in the first place so to kind of recreate something from terry gilliams brazil (laughs) and just sort of like fucking launch a wrestling match in there between like the fiend and Braun Strowman. Mm. if someone had told us this in january like really like this is where you're going to be in eight months time like this is like you'd be thinking what the hell has gone on and i think somehow we're getting used to it but let's not forget This is still, this still looks horribly dystopian to me. And I'm a pessimist at the best of times. You know, the glass knot's just half empty. It's been smashed against the bar and it's coming for my throat. It's, I'm very much a pessimist. So I I kind of watched it and I found the whole thing curious as a spectacle. But it was like I'd watched a dystopian drama. It's like when I watched The Lawnmower Man. One Mm. of those dystopian dramas that just made me feel depressed by the very end. And it's just like... I, And that's kind of how I felt with this.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, to make it worse, they had Dickhead, as we probably expected, and as we pretty much encouraged last week. They had Dickhead fans oh, yeah. uh, taken up. Uh, there was some good stuff. There was um, there's a Fire Velvet in Dream uh, screener that somebody put up. There was a few teddy yeah. bears, I noticed. There was a Pikachu. And then it got a bit darker with that. I think somebody had a, a, a screenshot of Chris Van I think... Yep. Shouldn't laugh, but yeah. And then there was... Uh, the KKK member. I th- yeah, that's bad. And the, the worst, there was... I think somebody literally showed a beheading, didn't they? Um, oh, yes. Was that yes. real? Like, I, I've seen screenshots of that, and I I think there's... I think WWE have, have replied, haven't they, and said that, like, uh, they denounce... I think, they, as uh, Brandon Howard put on Twitter, they denounced this almost harder than they did, you know, the actual Saudis doing real murders in real life, but they denounced it. Uh, and they've got these rules and regulations to stop people doing this stuff. But I don't know. I feel like we've, we're have we literally a weekend into it and it's only going to get worse from here.
0: Yeah. if I mean, they're opening themselves up to the internet mm. and that is a dangerous, dangerous game on mm. the best of days. Particularly though, you've got a population who, a large population of the planet who've been in lockdown for months. Mm. And you're saying to them, put up an avatar up on a screen people you know face it, very quite clever people are going to use it in some of the darkest possible ways and that was something a week ago i was kind of endorsing so <laughs> there, a there is a massive level of hypocrisy i suppose i'm saying could you not pick these sick bastards rather than do this stuff instead <laughs> not benoit or the kkk or fucking beheadings you know, I, I, I don't Some know. Some nice British I, I mean, serial
1: killers instead. Is that what you're after?
0: Well, I was on that vibe. And I think actually that might well just be opening up the floodgates. Roy Keane with an ice cream. Stick with that. <laughs> multiple Roy Keanes and multiple Mika Richards. Um, I was feeling very low earlier Um, at the end of last week. Mm. And I found myself watching a video of um Mika Richards, the Sky Sports football pundit laughing for two minutes and 18 seconds and fuck me i felt quite good afterwards there you go so like yeah exactly um if you had if you had that if you had him in the crowds it'd be awesome like laughing away the whole time and he had roy scowling at dominic mysterio i mean like i think there's that that's let's encourage that kind of stuff Mm. alan partridge really you know go surreal we might have to avoid the darkness because the fucking incels from 4chan, any fucking excuse. Oh, um, yeah. There they go.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah. think they're gonna, and I've seen a couple of people say this, it's gonna come to a point where they're gonna go, this shit's not worth it. Like, they're already on a to tape delay, So, like, because you notice that the fans reacting to stuff are behind anyway. So, you can't really put it yeah. back any further. It's gonna they're just gonna go, you know what? We've got Stock's crowd sound, let's just use stock crowd video. And they'll just grab like Brock Lesnar guy and the fucking Shocked to take a fan guy and people like that and just use them. And just just find like old clips and just replay them over and over again in the crowd. Like that's what it's gonna come to. There's no way this is gonna last even another week because now the incels are onto a JP. No, four, oh, yeah, four and eight chan. I got. To, I don't even get chance. a thing anymore. Is it four chan? I got to get involved, and it's just gonna. It's only getting worse from here.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll probably get a load of Q symbols turning up as well.
1: <laughs> uh, These all, you know, it comes yeah. to Trump, aren't they? You know, there's a whole, uh, whole thing there.
0: Well, there is, isn't there? Is a lot of similarities. It's got the Republican National Convention going on at the moment, mm. and it's got like this entire Trump family and it's just the similarities with him and the McMahons. Mm. And and I was thinking on one of my many long walks that I'm still carrying on doing, I was thinking is, is triple H just basically a hench Jared Kushner where he's, <laughs> he's given all of these things to do. And we kind of assume he's good because or people have assumed he's good at the start. And then we've actually seen, uh, no, maybe he isn't. Although he did kind of average this weekend, if I'd say anything. Um, yeah, don't know where I'm going with that. It's just an excuse to slab off Triple H. That was for you, Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, completely lost on that now. Well, I don't know what I was fucking talking about.
1: Well, you mentioned Dominic Mysterio. We should probably talk. Should we go? We're going to go through the different shows we watched this weekend. Yeah. Might As
0: well, now we're on it. We might as well start
1: with SummerSlam. Tell you what, he was good. Like I, 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 mm. I enjoyed Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins. Like I, this might sound crazy. Maybe I am crazy. Gave it four stars and grapple. I was I was hovering between three point seven five and four stars, and I, I did actually go the whole four. Uh, honestly, this was a really that was a really good match. Um, I feel like we're gonna talk the NXT non wrestler match with the with the punter in a bit, which was also surprisingly good. But this one particularly, I just thought like I think Dominic Mysterio was really. Because he was the underdog in the match, I didn't have you know as many problems as I, as I did with the NXT match that I'll mention later that I did enjoy. But I don't know the way it was laid out kind of made the the pro wrestler look a bit silly a lot of the time. Dominic as the underdog no. was fine, and Seth Rollins did some of the best work I feel like I've seen him do in a while. I mean, if Gareth was here, he probably you know he's uh he's with me in the uh, the Seth Rollins hate brigade. He's a uh, you know, we could probably give us all the reasons why I'm wrong on this, but I thought I thought Seth was good in the match. I thought Rey Mysterio was brilliant as the as the coach on the outside of the ring, and like it felt both kayfabe and. Um, I don't know. Maybe a little bit of shoot there as well. Where it did feel like where Dominic wasn't selling. Like there was a point where he was Mm. sprint. He he took a beat down and he started sprinting around the ring, and you could tell Ray was like, "Slow down, sell." (laughs) He's like giving him like little tips, like a like a proud dad at the side of the football pitch watching like the under twelves. That's that's what it felt like. Um, But yeah, I, I like the dynamic of it. I thought Dominic looked all right. I his, his gear made him look like—is it Archangel Divino? Is that his name? Or you no, know, those type type of dudes in Mexico, like the little hoodie, full body uh, yeah. gear, that type of stuff. Like he, he, you know, he looked better than he had any right to be. The match told the story. I don't know. I'm out. I'm out on a, a limit. I actually don't know what you've given her on, on Grapple JP. If you turn around and say you thought it was a two star match, I'm
0: going to be gutted now. But I really like no. It. I went three point two five because. Mm. Um, And I think it's probably because, I mean, ultimately the match itself, and this is where like, there's a lot of credit to go around on this. I say 3.25. That's, that's much more than I thought it was going to be. And all I had to go on was like the promo package before it. And I was like, Oh God, like that Mm. whole eye shit, all that stuff. I was like, I'm not looking forward to this at all. It's one of the things you're watching because you're curious about, okay, let's see how you do it. And they did a really good job. And, I found that this was this was better than it had any right to be only 3.25 you know nothing crazily overboard but I thought Dominic sold really well I thought Seth had, even though it was kind of very o over ott on the kind of jawring with um, Ray Mysterio at points because it was the it was kind of very much let's let's push the kind of soap opera element to this mm. which I laughed at like that's what I kind of found myself doing Mm. and it was kind of fun but ultimately like the match in and of itself was you know Seth Rollins as the dickhead arrogant heel and Dominic as the ultimate underdog and everything that Dominic was asked to do he did as well as you could humanly expect Mm. of people and there are people who've been in that performance center for years who wouldn't have been able to do this or handle the pressure now admittedly He's got his dad there and there isn't like 10,000 people in there. It's a a much different environment, but it's going to have its own different pressure by just how weird it is as well. And I thought like, like I thought the way that um, Seth Rollins kind of sold and the way that he would get distracted and it would just be that little moment of opportunity where Dominic Mysterio could do stuff I like the Sandman spot with the um, <laughs> um, with the side Russian leg sweep mm. and the kendo stick. Yeah, off the top. Um, yeah, and the frog splash was fucking class. Mm. Like, it, I, like that was really good. I was like, okay, yeah, he's he's done really well at this point. And you know, ultimately, Rollins won. You would argue in kind of traditional wrestling booking logic, and match should never have gone. How long was it? Well, like, it felt like sort of near 20 minutes yeah 22 i think 22 which even with all the the kind of various bits of bullshit that's a fucking hell of an ask on Mm. dominic mysterio that really is that's a hell of an ask and he lived up to it Mm. i mean he kind of had the cardio you could tell that there's something there of Mm. which i wouldn't have said that a week ago no but having watched this you're like yeah shit unfortunately my fear like in a in a reasonable world he'd be at that age we'd be sending him out having him go places and maybe work some matches in in mexico and the rest but obviously that's not going to happen and my fear is he becomes a regular part of the roster too quickly where the match isn't being kind of structured to hide his weaknesses Hmm. and the things that he does well like selling he was very good at and those kind of hope comeback spots like I cared about Dominic Mysterio mm. rather than laughing at it the whole way through. And yeah, it went three, 3.25, but I get why you go higher. I get why you go four.
1: I'm looking at the grapple app now. The average is three point four four, so I am very much the high man. I've seen mm. there, I've seen a couple of people as I've scrolled through giving it the full five. Uh mostly people seem to be sitting about up up three and a half, so maybe closer to you than me. Uh I did float between three point seven five and four, but you know, when you enjoy something, you enjoy something. I, I like to. Um I don't quite quite happy to to give it the four. I don't think I think I, mean, I, I, I it was the circumstance as well, though, and the story that we're in, and the fact that I don't know. I'm very partial to the uh, the Eddie Ray kind of storyline from years ago. Not so much mm-hmm. partial on WWE's use of Vicky Guerrero in the in the in the years after it. Um, mm-hmm. But all of the stuff with Dominic and that I did like. and It did feel a little bit like a bit of a payoff, and I enjoyed, you know, Ray's wife. Who, you know, she looks she looks great. Don't get me wrong, but it it does feel odd like a woman. Of that age, being with Rey Mysterio, and you just imagine in your head that Rey Mysterio having a son. To be honest, feels weird because he just looks like a twelve-year-old boy in a mask, doesn't he? Like yeah. I, know, I always find that visual really odd. But I thought she was like really good in the in the role that she had in the match as well. It felt like the perfect storm, though. For me, I feel like I, I can't mm. see you know anytime soon Dominic having a match to this level. And I think a lot of it was Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio on the outside, mm. smoking mirrors. But yeah. But, as far as like expectations being blown out of the water, genuinely, like this was one of my favourite matches of the weekend, and I-, I would definitely not have told you that going in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Speak speaking of favourite matches of the weekend, JP. I mean, I assume Bray and Bronze up there for you. Oh fuck me!
0: <laughs> oh. Ooh, I don't know if it was a positive to say it was only like fifteen minutes. It was better than the. Other fucking abomination we watched, which I don't even remember. What, what show was that? <laughs> I barely remember. Could you remember? Extreme, Rules, Extreme show, wasn't it? I don't know. Uh, was, it was it completely off on this? Okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, which says a lot about our investment in this. I will say it was something more resembling a match. I went one and a half, and it's shit. I went one and a half as well. I that's that's a, that's a yeah. fair rating. No? Too yeah. high? <laughs> the the it, average it's... is 1.9 on grapple, so maybe with the low man. I, I mean, next time Garrett's on, mm. like, seriously, these Fiend ratings. <laughs> I, I'm curious. Like, what, what is the best Fiend match? Oh.
1: No, Daniel no Bryan? Must be, surely. I mean, Bray Wyatt in general, if we're talking Bray Wyatt in general, like, Daniel Bryan's always been his best opponent, hasn't he?
0: Mm. Um... After that, you're coming up with the six man against the shield. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you're in that territory, like straight away, and you're going like, back
1: oh, years as well. We're not talking yeah. like any time recently. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, it it was it was. I I just watched this. It just glazed over me. It's just like, oh, this is so bad. This stuff. This is proper WCW level kind of stuff. Mm. This and like that crowd as well were very i don't know if it was just me they even seemed for a crowd that isn't making any noise they seemed even more silent than usual and almost (laughs) like they were going through the motions Mm. i thought at this point like they like i I imagine a couple of them i I don't know like whether they just would have switched over at that point Mm. was there an nba game to watch or something else (laughs) or i know it was on a sunday so they should have watched the second episode of lovecraft country which is very good Jordan Peele's new series for HBO. Oh okay, I haven't seen him. Yeah. That that in in and of itself should sell you on it. Okay, fair
1: enough. HBO Jordan Peele, I'm mean, in. Best yeah. of my. The thing is if, if you believe some people Bray Wyatt is like the he's HBO quality, you know? The, the depth of this character No, the fiend, it's it's so deep, it's so yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I Just yeah. I, I mean, I I enjoyed Roman coming Dude. out and killing them both. Well, that's the story. Uh, but yeah, if if you go mm. on Reddit, mate, honestly, you'll see you'll see like fan fiction about Bray Wyatt, and it's a it's a whole thing. Um, but I, I did enjoy Roman coming out and killing him. Like at least we had that. Yeah, um, that was something. That was the uh, that was the tagline. You you won't see it coming. Uh, you'll never see it coming. We got that at least. Uh, interesting. Roman's back. I think. I suppose maybe he's feeling more comfortable with uh, we doing WWE mm. shows. Uh, the raw rating today. Clocked uh, above two million, so you know maybe he can take some responsibility for that as well. Uh, I don't know. Uh, in a time where there's no stars, I understand like uh, uh, a Roman coming back and maybe juicing up some interest. I don't want to see him against Braun or Bray Wyatt, but you know right. it was a uh, it was definitely a, a bit of a shock. Um, uh, anyone who thinks they're going to be pushing him as a heel going forward, though, I don't know. I've seen I've seen. Mm. I've seen that tour, um, but coming out of this weekend, including Monday, I can't. Uh, I can't see that.
0: It's always we've spoken about it before for years um, on this show. Like we, we kind of think that him and the Usos as mm. part of some kind of like his own faction. That that kind of as a top heel faction would be something that would just really work, mm. and you can have some really good stuff out of that. Um, when they were like Roman Reigns is back. And I was just like, I'm sure I've heard that at least four or five times over the last few years. Maybe I haven't. Maybe there's a Mandela effect going on with it. I wasn't surprised. I mean, I was surprised in the sense I just thought, Jesus, is it is it getting that much better in, in Florida? Or has he just got more? Maybe they're taking it more seriously because that was part of the reason he disappeared in the first place. Is I just get the impression he thought they're really not taking this seriously. And I'm going to write myself out of this. Um, but if he's happy coming back, then and he's, and he's kind of secure um, in terms of how they're doing their COVID testing, then absolutely fine. I like the idea of him just beating the shit out of both of them. I mean, in an interesting world, and we'll get onto it in a bit, um, although hopefully not in the attire he was wearing on Raw. Like Roman Reigns versus Keith Lee in a title match mm. would be something I could actually be engaged with as something different. Um, and really, if it gets both of these two, who like they're just busted. I don't know. It sat in some. There was a point in time I thought Strowman really might be something that kind of crosses over, hmm. but like that appears to have gone. It just appears like the the character itself is just I I could care less at this point because the real story behind Braun Strowman is that he's tall and big. That's <laughs> basically it. Um, but if it takes them two out and it puts at least Roman Reigns can have good matches, you might get something a bit more interesting. But yeah, take those other two fucking clown car fuckers and just get rid. I'm not a child. What is this shite? <laughs>
1: yeah, and yeah, it's not a, it's not one for me either. Like yeah, uh, To be honest, though, I I thought up until that point, I honestly thought SummerSlam was a decent show, but I. I'll be honest, I did fall asleep at one point, Jordan, and I think you did too. And we could probably compare oh, notes on Was it the somewhere. same time?
0: The <laughs> was same it the same
1: match? Was it Orton McIntyre?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> I... <laughs> when I realised it wasn't a squash like it had been speculated, I just went right, Randy Orton, and it was just gone.
1: Were you watching it live? You weren't watching it live. You were watching it the day after, were I think
0: that's even worse that you fell asleep watching No, no, no. It. Or I, were you? That one, I did, like, at that point, I think I was, I did try to watch it. I watched quite a lot of SummerSlam live. It was probably the only show they ended up watching a bit of live. Mm. But when it hit that point, I was gone. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it was like I feel like I woke up to WWE hitting that, you know, that the the, the crowd sounds that they've been using, like hitting that on overdrive because is it was it me or did like they really wanted this thing to be epic and it was just it was two professional wrestlers having a professional wrestling match. It was, it was, yep. it was a three star match if I've ever seen one. It was just, it was a match, and yeah, I fell asleep in the early stages and woke up, and they were just
0: they were going through the motions. They were blessing in disguise. That yeah, way,
1: you know they were. Again, the 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 crowd volume was turned up to twenty, and they were they were going for epic, but really it was just slow, methodical Randy Orton match with solid work from Drew McIntyre with you know there's no there's no holes in this type of match but it doesn't really feel like there's there's any risk either um and you know the the finish was pretty lame as well which makes me think that you know the, I think they're going for a black side because obviously it means they can they can rematch mm-hmm. them and you get the finisher down the line but yeah, it was. Well, just...
0: they're doing a pay per view, aren't they? In it's two fucking... weeks or
1: something? No, this weekend, mate. <laughs> like literally this Fuck Sunday. Off, yeah. Seriously, paybacks this Sunday. Dude. Oh my god! Yeah, this is this is why we leave with WWE because we're the WWE experts. Um, yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> clearly, aren't
1: we? So, what you're saying is, mate, they haven't they haven't worked you into uh, to wanting to want to see these uh, these two again. Saying that, I think they're they're actually they're building. To, oh, it's Randy and uh, we're going to talk about Keithley in a bit. So maybe that match mm. that rematch is going to happen somewhere else, but. Yeah, yeah, you're not saying this match got you interested in a in a rematch or to see more of these two? Like what do you give it on grapple? Because I like can I'm looking now the average is three point four six. So you know, people enjoyed it more than I did.
0: I think I went two point seven five. Oh wow. Just looking on here now. And that's at the upper echelon of the Randy Orton matches. Mm. There's a thing on the app, it's like a gamification thing where you can get various badges. And there's one for rating Randy Orton matches. And like a child, I went through and pretty much did two stars, regardless of what it was. Just to see if I could do this. 2.75 compared to that is actually a good Randy Orton match. And I'll say, I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's like, say, I feel sorry for Drew McIntyre. He's doing all right for himself. I'm sure if he compared our positions in life, he'd feel a lot more sorry for me than I should do for him.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: However, I like him, and I like. There's, you just think, uh, if if it was that right time and that right place, he's someone who kind of, in that kind of really big run, there's there's so much more to him. Mm. Like I just find, like on offense, I found him just so much more interesting than Orton because Orton just slows everything down, it just turns into a Nick Bockwinkle match and he's just, <laughs> whatever with some bells and whistles on it. And I kind of want better for McIntyre. But watching this, while, like you say, it's two professional wrestlers having a professional wrestling match, you're not, I wasn't left with any emotion. And like I say, once, like when watching it live, I'd realized that there wasn't going to be a squash finish. And I was like, right, well, that's me done. And then when I watched it in the morning, I was like, it was fine. But I wouldn't even go above that. I would just say it's it's a better than average Randy Orton match and take that how you will
1: yeah and that's it and I think we've had slightly better than average Randy Orton matches and slightly worse than average Randy Orton matches and average Randy Orton matches over the last 20 years of him being a pro wrestler and yeah they've all kind of been <laughs> they've all been around that same level haven't they um, that's just all yeah. you know what you get. reliable set of hands that's why they're putting them in there with Keith Lee um I don't know. Was there anything else on the show that kind of uh, that stood out to you as uh, as as uh, as worthy, or as far as the um, ratings that you gave on Grapple? I, I did see a lot. I saw a lot of people having a bit of a love in for. Obviously, they were doing the the story through the night with uh, with Asuka, um, mm. and I saw people did kind of rate highly the uh, the Sasha Banks match. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't. I suppose I wasn't seeing what everybody else was seeing uh, with that one uh, either match. Really, I just thought they were again. They were fine as far as matches go. Average of three point six nine on Grapple for uh, for the Sasha Banks match. Uh, any notes on that stuff for you or the rest of the card?
0: Uh, not really. I mean, the rest of the card. There's lots of it that you could just completely just sort of skip through. Really, without it, without missing too much. I thought ask a Sasha, so I went three and a half on that. because I thought he was actually quite good at points. First, like first on I th- the powerbomb spot to the outside looked kind of brutal as well. And I realised that after the first match was just the, the setup with the cheap kind of victory in order, so she could have the win here. And mm. uh, um, I sorry, just to to kind of build, uh, build, build to this. But I, I don't know, I. I it, it, ultimately I, I thought like the kind of ending at the end didn't necessarily really do just i don't know it just sort of went a little bit kind of haywire
2: mm.
0: um they're fine but i don't know it's it feels like they've got the components to have a really great division there mm. if you think of some of the women they've got kind of across the board and you put the Io Shirai into the mix and put a Shayna Baszler properly in the mix you could have a great division there
2: hmm.
0: and they doing stuff like this I don't know what it seeks to do I mean other than kind of really just trying to cement Asker at the you know kind of Daniel Bryan type role on the card then then fine but um yeah not amazing stuff though three and a half let's not lose, lose the fucking run of ourselves
1: <laughs> yeah I mean that's Candy kind of your ceiling, isn't it? um mm. Yeah, I, I wasn't into those matches. I didn't, to be honest. Mandy Rose and Sonya Devilla thought was the worst match of the night, uh, apart from the main event. Uh, yeah, at least of that. Under of that, I, I don't count that main event as a match. To be honest, um I went two and R for that. Just... Uh, they, mm. they, they had it was weird. They had kind of the grudge element. Although you know, obviously, there's been you know the real life horrible story uh, with the, with the two of them. In fact, the um, yeah. whole break in story that kind of you know the Jim Cornette's of the world will shake his fist at that the two of them were uh, were in the same house and got the the goal of them to uh, to save each other and uh, make sure they both got out of that situation alive before they had a match on pay per view at the weekend. Um, but I still think they managed to to save it and they still managed to have a, a, a match that felt like it was heated. At least, in as far as the feud went, it was just unfortunately the actual work in the match was just fucking terrible. <laughs> like uh, they, yeah, it was one of those where they they tried and, like I say, they had the hate element, but the actual physics of the match felt like just the worst of uh, WWE women's division, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think Mandy Rose is any good. Mm. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I haven't seen enough Sonya Deville to really say is is she really good and i understand she's taking time off which is obviously completely understandable but like they did well they were doing a loser leaves wwe thing weren't they so Mm. um yeah i i don't know whether or not uh, you wonder if the emotion of the situation or like um of kind of having this match so soon yeah maybe it's harsh had that happen afterwards That I could understand if that's the case and and it's not like it wasn't for effort and in some ways because of that backstory you're wanting to like this more but fundamentally I didn't think this was good oh that's
1: uh, any thoughts mm. on, on the rest of the cards anything else like I say for so much time it was it, for, for WWE show it was it, it, was, yeah. it, it wasn't You know, it wasn't terrible. There were were bright spots in there. Like I say, the Dominic Risterio match is probably Mm. probably my biggest bright spot. And I think it was kind of shown in the the raw rate in the night after that, you know, God forbid you go out there and have a decent pay-per-view, then you are going to get people to tune in the night after. But I don't know, maybe my standards are low for the the WWE roster shows that kind of explains why uh, I enjoyed this more than I thought.
0: No, I'm with you. I watched these big shows kind of especially like a summer slam or i mean even a survivor series which for me just doesn't feel special it's the name that's been around for a long time but they mm. always, for me that's always something they miss out on they should be using that survivors concept particularly mm. to have a, like a finalist one as well because i still think that's a great idea but i digress mm. um with this i again like i said i had such low expectations and really apart, i mean the Manly Rose-Sonia Deville match was, wasn't good. But I've seen them do a fuck of a lot worse than that. The Braun Strowman-Fiend um, match wasn't any good at all. It was shit. But at the same time, I've seen them do a lot worse together. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot worse. So it's just that your expectations are so low. And they create these storylines that I'm not remotely engaged with. And then once every couple of months, I'll watch part of it, and then I'll just sort of shake my head, at, at just kind of not getting it. And I didn't really do a lot of that here. Hmm. I actually thought oh, this is kind of all right. Although the tag match, I watched it; it was on. I saw it. I couldn't tell you a thing that happened. <laughs> not a thing.
1: Yeah, it existed, didn't it? Background view. Mm. That's what through the at this point. It's background view.
0: It's... It is. But... Yeah, it's mus. It's Musac. Mm. Totally. Yeah.
1: Well, you can go on your runs or your walks or whatever it is you do.
0: Yeah, it is not runs, mate. I'll, I might, I might, I might graduate to runs soon. But uh, <laughs> literally, <laughs> walking before I can run.
1: <laughs> well, did you? Uh, what did you make a takeover? Obviously, this was uh, mm. again the other, the other big show of the weekend. Um, again, like I, I'm not going to be doing somersaults over the show, but similar to so SummerSlam, I keep saying Survivor Series, similar to SummerSlam, I just. I, I, it was better than i expected i suppose is the uh is the nice way of putting it um and mm. overall that meant i enjoyed it uh they didn't use the thunderdome which i thought was interesting keeping the uh keeping the the the, uh, the drones of people in wwe match that uh the that inhabit the performance center which to be honest like like i said before i don't hate the thunderdome concept at least as far as showing the fans on screen goes but at least it's not organic no- noise, but it's slightly more organic noise you get with NXT. I think that's actually a wise move to do that and differentiate NXT um, mm. and not just do the the, you know, the same old stuff and host NXT in the Thunderdome. Um, I kind of hope they keep that up. But yeah, you know, for sure, show I went into with with low expectations, um, and for a takeover that probably says a lot. I came out quite happy with it. Um, I think the the biggest thing really is the fact that yeah, again. Another, I don't know if this is the weekend of the non-wrestlers. I don't know if those rumours of um, Shane McMahon taking over Raw uh, and, and literally in real life and, and being like the, the head guy instead of Bruce Pritchard. I kind of hope they come true because then we could get like Shane McMahon all over the shows. We could get Dominic Mysterio. We could get Pat McAfee because if anything. The people who can't actually legitimately wrestle but the, but the stars of this weekend, for me, it was the, uh, it was the, it was the weekend of, uh, of those kind of dudes in the, in the vein of Shane.
0: Yeah, I mean, why have a developmental system at all? That's really <laughs> what the conclusion is. You know you what, yeah? To. All of these wrestlers and all of these signings, and it's like they've got such little interest in the vast majority of them. Mm. Rey Mysterio's son and Pat McAfee, they're all over it. And in their defense, they both did as well as you could have reasonably have expected. And you kind of mentioned it. Like, I feel the same way about this show as I kind of do about SummerSlam. Mm. Possibly, like, I mean, I would say with the takeover, there is nothing on this show that resembles the kind of great takeover moments that they've had. Mm. So over the, over the 30 years, to quote, uh, what was it, uh, Natalia? That she said, 30 years of takeover. I was like, really? <laughs> Started out in 1990, didn't they? Feels like it did. I'm curious. Well, yeah, developmental would have been a fucking horrific place then, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, Jesus. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, I kind of felt like this was better than what I thought it was. Mm. But at the same time, yeah, like not really engaged. Mm. And, and really in particular, again, like the main event. Mm. just wasn't engaged in that with it either in terms of that fan thing just because it felt different and i will say for a zombie crowd they were slightly more animated than usual i Mm. don't know if you noticed Mm. there was a couple of yeah they they did seem Mm. a little bit more animated and maybe they've. Uh,
1: to be fair, they've been pretty dead for the last while. So maybe they've. Uh, they've way, and it was the one time to shine as well. They, to be fair to them, they've usually had to have done like twelve shows that day or that weekend. So mm. at least they were only doing one show this weekend. So maybe that. Uh, maybe that got them. Yeah. Going. Um, but yeah, I, I, it it does. You know, I, I, it's still not organic, but it feels more organic. I think that's the difference yeah. between
0: it's hit- people.
1: Yeah, it's people. Yeah, rather than somebody press and play on cheer sound three mm. or Boo Sound four, uh, you have got human beings reacting even if those human beings are directed. And I did think it, it elevated the show a little bit. Like like I said, the, the Adam Cole Pat McAfee match. Like that was one where honestly if there was it felt like if there was a real live crowd there, I think Pat McAfee might have ended up the babyface by the end of that thing because yeah. my entire Twitter timeline was just losing the fucking mind for Pat McAfee during that match. And, you know, the performance center crowd but was still going down the line of, you know, pure heel face. So maybe you can say it took away of it in that regard. But I don't know, but having the, the real people react, it felt quite genuinely to Pat McAfee blowing all expectations out of the water. Um... I thought it actually t- it turned into a really good match. I didn't I didn't quite go as high as I did with uh, with all dominant Mysterio. I did give it three point seven five on grapple. Uh, the average is sitting at three and a half at the moment. So again, I'm but you know, just in a positive mood this weekend, JP, but I've got yeah. a little bit higher than the average. But I would never have guessed I'd have done that ahead of time. And you know, I think the thing that it maybe it like I said earlier, it had that the the Dominic Mysterio match didn't have was that Pat McAfee, despite being the beginner, is Three times the size of Adam Cole in width, mm. um, and basically dominated uh, the match, which you know kind of felt a bit odd with the, well, not dominated the match, but definitely got more offense in than maybe the first timer should with your, you know, your biggest NXT yeah. champion of all time. Uh, but I don't know, that, that feels like a silly complaint because of how how entertaining he was in the match, like the fucking backlift off the top, that that flip to the outside, like. Yep. For the people, to be fair, and there were a few of them, the people who were pointing out that this is a legitimate athlete, you know, he's not going to shit the bed. It was like. What was the name of that um that guy in Impact, the NFL guy that impressed D'Angelo me? D'Angelo Williams. Years ago? Yeah, I remember how good he was. And like, he, he just. He felt he got in the ring and it was like, okay, he gets it. He moves like a wrestler. Like, maybe McAfee was a little bit more awkward than that, but he moved enough like a wrestler and he clearly clearly you know knew what he was doing in there and clearly you Mm. know he was in the right spots for most of the match you know it felt like Adam Cole had to guide him a little bit but overall he was in there and he was willing to similar to Shane just do some crazy shit to to get himself over Uh, and yet it the the sum of those parts was was just way more than than I ever would have expected
0: yeah uh same here I I gave it 3.25 which is exactly the same as the um <laughs> Dominic Mysterio match. I think that was like, okay, I, what is my bar for the first timer match? And, I don't know,
1: Shane McMahon's got must have a high bar. Have you never given Shane more than three point two five?
0: Oh I have. Yeah, yeah. But I mean he is the bar for that <laughs> one, isn't he? I, I, I gave him four with his match at Miz at WrestleMania. Okay. I oh, know was it Mania? It was at Mania they had their match. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I like I like just cause we were laughing and it had Miz's dad in it. Like he was like that in and he in and of himself was worthy of a star. Where's he? He he should be, he should be on. Well, actually should he be anywhere near that place? at the minute? He should be staying at home. Maybe common sense there. Um, in terms of Pat McAfee, I, I got the impression that like he'd had that itch. He wanted to scratch Mm. of having a match and they saw that they could get some little bit of value out of it. And you know, fuck me. He did his job. Mm. Like he really did. And in terms, you mentioned about that timing and his selling and he would have been carried through, but for a first time he did incredibly well. He knew he, he was able to react to that audience. He didn't freeze on the stage at all. It's like, he just loved it and kind of embraced it and really went for it. Mm. And I remember they said about, was it the Stephen Amel match at all in that mm. the Christopher Daly at Daniels? And their point was to have a complete non wrestlers best match ever. And it I mean, it wasn't really good. It wasn't really terrible either. It was just kind of like, you know, they did okay, but it wasn't really good. Whereas here, there was stuff like, like you say, that backflip into the superplex. I was like, fuck me. That was impressive. It's just like jump up onto the top rope and do it as well. After how long have they been wrestling as well at that point? Mm. Probably been about a good like near 15 minutes, which is the other thing in terms of his cardio like going that far. And I knew that they had their bells and whistles and, and and other things like that going on in the match. But for a long time, he kind of, you know, he wasn't there. Like, sorry, he was, he was there. He was just kind of on it. There was, it was like they, they really had thought about the structure of how to do this. Right. And I get the argument that Adam Cole shouldn't be giving this much offense to anywhere on this kind of level. But if you view it in the sense of rather like Dominic Mysterio match of go like, this is like a massive test can you carry a complete non-wrestler to something that's entertaining
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you go he did you know yeah. he did that and i'm not really a big adam cole fan but i get that he has a charisma that some people really really like and feel really strongly about and that's and that's fine um but you know i also thought for this like for us as a context because we don't know who it is it would be like the equivalent of getting John O'Shea in a match with Finn Balor, wouldn't it? Okay. And at some, uh, yeah, like you take someone who's effectively a utility player at a great side, like he was the kind of punter at the at the Colts, wasn't he, or something like that. I forget.
1: Go, um, with, go with Darren Fletcher instead, wasn't he? At New Japan Strong Style evolved. I'm sure he was. He
0: was in the crowd. Do you know he was? And I'm pissed off. Like in some ways, I'd have been, I'd have been asking him questions. I was like, all right, how, how much into this are you, Darren? <laughs>
1: Get him on the podcast, New Japan, mate. We've got to space yeah. them. We could have a third third guy, you know. Darren Fletcher join us. All right, Fletch.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, Fletch. What do you reckon of DDT this week? You know, you, we don't know. You could have a subscription to a Beamer TV for all we know. <laughs> it's possible. He sat there fuming, waiting for a second part for that All Japan Dojo documentary. <laughs> Darren's not happy. Uh, yeah, I don't think he. You know, he'd be good. Like it is. It's like this though. It's like when. Um, Oh, who was it?
1: I've Definitely, I've seen. It's like when um you get anyone who's got like a bit more, like Freddie Flintoff. I think I've I've seen before as an example. Like he, do you ever see that documentary where he went round the world, like trying different stuff? Uh, it's one of the, you know, it's the Carl Pilton round the world, but you know, insert celebrity mm. type of show. And he went and he did some wrestling. He did some lucha in Mexico. And him and you'd know who he was with. It was some other cricketer, you should probably look it up because you'll know and I don't know. It was some it was some podgy dude in like his forties or something, it looked like to me. Um and the two of them were really good, <laughs> like as far as like they got it, you know, it was like, okay, this is the way you roll, you know, it getting the the physical aspect of doing it. It clicked for them as athletes, and you wouldn't get that with you know with a non athlete. That's why you know athletes historically have always made good wrestlers. Uh, I could see you, see you googling this Stanley now, JP. I don't know if you. I think I've it. seen.
0: I think it's Darren Goff.
1: Yeah, that is it. I don't yeah. know. Who that is. I'm sorry. I, I uh, Will Cooling. I'm very sorry. I don't know. My Tory Sports. Darren Goff means nothing to me.
0: Well, it's been rained off the cricket for the last couple of weeks, but there's been some belting cricket going on this summer. I'll try and sneak some of that in. Uh, <laughs> it, it's. Honestly to God. But yeah, it was Darren Goff on that one. Mm, yeah, um, he was really good.
1: Like again, he's like, he, he he doesn't look the most obviously athletic, at least at this stage in his life. And he was great at it. Like and it was just kinda you see in this time. I mean, I'm sure Pat McAfee practiced this match thirty times in the performance centre with Adam Cole. Don't get me wrong, I'm aware of that, but you know. So did Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and you know, I'd, I'd give that fat match five stars. So I don't feel so bad giving this one uh, three point seven five.
0: No, I, I, and it was enjoyable. It was thorough. It was, you know, and when it's done with that kind of level of, of somebody completely getting into it, you know, it's hard at times not to be kind of carried along with it, if that mm. makes any sense. Um, and that's kind of how I felt for this. But it was, again, you know, in an NXT main event on mm. TV, they probably would have been as valuable, no. Hmm. Rather than a takeover, which is still another further dilution of what was your like your kind of hot indie brands as really as something that oh, just feels there was no bigger indie name last year than Killer Cross JP. Come on, oh fuck me, oh Killer Cross. You're just bitter because I mean,
1: he left Impact. That's all there is.
0: Yeah, he left MLW just beforehand as well, isn't he? Bastard, him uh, all your favourite places. He is well. It the thing with him is. You kind of look at him on the outside and you should like him, shouldn't you? You really should like Gary. um Carrion Cross. In the sense that he looks like a professional wrestler. Yeah. He does the kind of intense faces. Yeah. He has Scarlet Bordeaux as part of his act. I mean, I'll give you Scarlet Bordeaux. There's something that they're really keen on. Yet He's got the unproduced entrance and exit. It's, it's all so contrived yeah it it all feels like he's both playing wrestler and mma fighter at Mm. the same time and to be honest i don't find him really convincing in either role Mm. and in this it was a lot of punch kick strike stuff um you know lee was selling the shoulder for like so much of the match as well it was really plodding i watched that on my walk and I tell you what it fucking dragged on the walk. It really did for me. I was like, oh God. Um I'm glad Keith Lee's on the main roster. And like that that's kind of really where he should be. And I think he could really add something fresh. Although the horror story of what they put him in last night, which I don't know if that's some sort of joke is fucking horrific. But yeah, Carrion Yeah, Carrion Cross. Carrion, what does that even mean? (laughs) It's it's yeah it's just not he wasn't it's not like he was pulling up trees at anywhere in his career he mm. wasn't like he was so good in triple a that he had to get noticed or an impact
2: mm.
0: or in mlw mm. he just is someone who kind of has a presence but then in a strange way van hammer had a presence <laughs> Did he- that in 1991. Okay, no, not yes. in the
1: flock, but
0: but earlier on. Okay, I'll give not you that. in the flock. Even I knew. I was like, oh, this. I'm fearing for this company now. Um, <laughs> but like with with him, it's it's they're going to go with it. They're going to push. It. I just can't see it connecting because it's when the bell rings. Yeah. It's just there isn't. I don't, I don't think there's enough intensity in his strikes. Hmm. He just appears to be trying to show me his teeth Mm. the whole time and he's proud of them yeah you got a great set of nashers mate now can you wrestle like that's what a lot of this kind of stuff is Mm. and i just yeah I, i yeah like this match i think i went two and a half on it and i was like bloody hell like i know keith lee's better than this but it kind of said like kind of drag him to there was there reports of an injury as well at some point i believe so yeah um yeah when did that happen do you have any idea no does it matter God. at some point
1: in the fucking 20 minutes that should have been 10 that's when it happened because yeah, yeah. yeah. that you can't you can't like you look at like the list of nxt champions and it's like i haven't loved everyone but you know that it's a it's a certain kind of guy isn't it? it you know from keith lee to adam cole to gargano and champa you know alistair black sian Armas. Just going down the list now, you know, uh, maybe not Bobby Roode,
0: <laughs> but like yeah.
1: those those kind of dudes.
0: He? Is he still around these pa- days?
1: Uh, not anymore. Uh, yeah, the Finn Balor's, the Kevin Owens of the whale. But it was always usually the indie name, and I feel like if Triple H even still has a say, down there, we've moved to a we have we have moved to a different era, the TV era of of NXT. I think this is a sign it's not... We already know it's not going to be that, but it's not going to be that because, um, like you said, you know, what we're... Well, to be fair to Karrion Cross, I, I understand now why we're so desperate to get out of uh, Impact because oh, yeah. clearly he must have heard somewhere that Triple H had a hard-on for him or somebody backstage next day had a hard-on for him because, uh, yeah, this is feels like a bit of a... I mean, it, it's there as far as the booking goes on the show, but a bit out of nowhere as far as personnel goes to put him on top. And I think part of it's probably the... In fact, definitely the fact that, you know, Keith Lee dropping the North American title earlier in the month or giving it up yeah. uh, and then losing this. I think they just quit, wanted to quickly move away from Keith Lee so they can move him up to the main roster, but I don't know. I'd, to be honest, I'd rather Keith Lee came up as a as a double champion than, 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 than going this route and... I don't know. I feel like Keith Lee's had like both a, a great week and a terrible week because on the one hand he's been called up with some fanfare, and you know the role ratings there. i will be interested in the quarter hour, and you know we can pick up that Roman Reigns story again at some point. And, uh Prince, but really we've got like the most main roster use of Keith Lee ever. Were you excited, JP, for him to come up with his music changed? In for to, to build a match with Randy Orton of all people you know so Randy Orton who's going to work to the strengths of a of a super indie style wrestler like Keith Lee um, always yeah and then three to have him just wrestling out there in a dress because that's essentially what he was wearing when he turned up on Raw with his Chris Hero like belly hidden away by a vest and a weird pair of black and pink shorts what he, <laughs> was, he was dressed as a
0: cheerleader yeah he, he, that's what he looked like From, yeah like and i don't know it kind of felt like one of their backward rib style things to do we'll put him in there with someone who and i haven't seen the match it's randy orton again and i think i've done my one match of him that i can possibly do for the next couple of months but it appeared to be putting him in there with someone who really isn't going to have the idea of getting keith lee over as as like one of his biggest concerns it's it's like yeah they've They brought him up and they're still viewing him on this very 1980s version of what is aesthetically pleasing on TV. Rather than, say, put Keith Lee in there, have him look how he looks. And then you see the spectacular stuff that he does, Mm. which then makes it look even more impressive Mm. in its own way. And he's just not another bodybuilder.
1: He's already, and, he's already been on telly as well he's been on like yeah. two
0: big pay-per-views at this point we all know what he looks like okay yeah I mean he do you remember them laughing at him in the rumble when <sighs> he came out I don't exactly. people seemed absolutely fucking buzzing to see him and the idea of him and Brock I don't want him to be slimmed down that's the thing is it like Brock was making
1: the motion wasn't he oh big boy like that was great like uh, yeah I mean I, Keith Lee you know we. His gear's not always been the best. He does wear shorts that look like, like ten times too small for him, and he's bigger on the top half than he is the bottom half. But he makes it work for him; like it's not always a, a handicap. I, I don't know. I don't want to. Don't want
0: to see him. It's a US down. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, it's I, the as... thing that makes them different, isn't it?
1: Mm. As was the it'd be like as wanting
0: as well. Marco Stunt to get jacked. Sorry, I interrupted <laughs> you. There. No, it's all right. As
1: the music's the same way though, isn't it? It's like that's part of who he is. Uh, I'd enjoy seeing Marco Stunt jacked, to be honest, but um yeah i think the, the music yeah, no, thing apparently yeah. apparently they don't want to use any uh is it cfo's uh stuff anymore and i think they had a hand in putting a song together but they just replaced it with the most generic shite going like bring bring back his uh his indie theme i'm sure he'll
0: hand over I the was, rights
1: you know I, get him to rap was, a new was... version like the mm. same lyrics who cares yeah i don't know like yeah
0: it, it's you can throw limitless in
1: there,
2: yeah, there you it's go. like
0: his indie song is the song that he should be using. And as you say that again, another shout out to Joe. Um, like I always think of Joe singing his theme song every <laughs> time he would come out and he'd start going, Keith Lee, the man of the hour. And he'd just be like, and it's, it's, it's a great tune. It's mm. it's not a complicated song, but at the same time, it completely does what wrestling theme music should do. And it's him. So it's like the whole thing works perfectly. And it kind of ties into a thing about Keith Lee about like, and we mentioned like the stuff that makes Keith Lee unique is the stuff that isn't cookie cutter. And that's great. And if you're trying to be distinctive and distinctive in a niche, but you're still wanting everyone to look basically the same, you're going to have a massive problem and people aren't going to stand out as stars. Whereas Keith Lee is charismatic Mm and he's charismatic while he's wrestling and he's capable of some great matches and spectacular stuff that as soon as you start putting him out there letting him be Keith Lee like you know ring of honour for shame to think they had him for this long and did like even less with him mm. than, than what than obviously what WWE have done Broadway but Keith Lee could yeah oh god I mean Keith Lee really could could mean something for them and he's not getting any younger so there is a kind of limited amount of time where you can get a lot out of him but he seems like whenever i've seen him being interviewed and stuff he he, an engaging chap you know who's you know he's the kind of person where you think this is this is someone who's like a i'm not saying he's not your traditional figure figurehead of a company like wwe but that general size combined with his ability should be the thing that Re- that they should be going all in on. And I fear that they're just gonna tell him to tone him back and say big men don't work like that.
1: That's what Orton's there for, a payback. That's what it is.
0: Um, yep. Yeah. It's, uh why can't you be like Big John Stud? <laughs> tell me a move that big John Studd did.
1: <laughs> I suppose at least it counters the uh, what what uh, Gareth was saying last week about how, you know, people get the hot runner the next thing and then they come to a roar and it's kind of the same old shit. Uh, they're trying something different I suppose with him like by... Putting him a cheerleader that will fit and changing his music and yeah, putting him in with a guy that's not going to work to his strengths. I don't know. Yeah, I think, again, it's only really the takeovers where I'm paying the huge amount of te- te- attention to NXT, but I feel like they needed him more than. Uh, I suppose Raw needs guys. They need guys on, on top, yep. so it, it explains the decision, but I suppose if you're going to bring him in, I don't know. I'll be bringing him to my strengths, but. But what do I know? Um, I mean, I suppose on the on this takeover before we move on, any what what were your other highlights? Uh, I thought Finn Balor and Tim Thatcher was a decent enough opener. Yeah, the, I the, did the ladder match with the Peter Fat. Sorry, with their with the Velvet Dream in was mm-hmm. a ladder match with Velvet Dreaming. Dream in. Uh, I don't know. It was it, there were a lot of three stars across the show. Like I gave, I gave Finn and T- uh, Tim Thatcher three point two five. I went three for the uh, for the for the ladder match because uh, it's just a ladder match. Uh, yeah,
0: went, that's what I did. Yeah, I went three
1: point two five. Rio Shirai, Dakota Kai. Uh, nothing bad on the show, but yeah, um, I, I don't know. Is that is that is that ladder match mm. rating harsh? I expect there's going to be. Uh, Higher ratings than that on Grapple. I don't know. Uh, I like Damian Priest and I like some of the dudes in the match, but maybe it's yeah. the, maybe it's it's purely the fact that uh that that he was in there um Velveteen Dream that maybe soured me on it and the fact that you know I've seen so many so many ladder matches in uh, in recent yeah. vintage anyway that maybe it just didn't you know three stars isn't a bad rating but you know three stars for a ladder match when they're all killing each other is probably not uh, not the ideal s- scenario.
0: That's what. I thought I'm at a point where I just don't, I don't get them. I don't see the reason for them to exist. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it feels like, like, I don't know, like an endless remake of a film like scream or just things in that, things in that vicinity where you, there's a successful film and then there's just all the various formulas that go afterwards. And you're at a point where the sub of ladder matches really can't go to any other places mm. for me, unless it just start not losing ladders. Which would just, what, get fucking trampolines? Why not? Um, but, like, it's not that it's bad, but it's just a stunt show that's devoid of any meaning. And it gets lots of people on the show. And I thought, like, you know, the Candice LeRae stuff, like, she was good at that. But then it's, you know, you see, I was expecting it. I just kind of thought, well, yeah, she's there because she'll know what she's doing in this type of match. She'll she'll be able to get into the flow of what everybody else is doing. And um, But it was really, I was just... Ah, they just have no meaning. And I get putting it on um, Damien Priest. Is that his name these days? It is, yeah. He looked great in his leather pants is,
1: in the jacuzzi after the match. I enjoyed that.
0: Kind of a big draw with women. Yeah, I, um, can, I can picture that
1: though. Like he's he's got that. He's a bit older. Well, they had him in a hot tub, didn't they? Afterwards. There you go. Yeah, but he's got that goth charm, hasn't he? You can imagine him knocking around mm. like your local city centre goth club, and he's like a bit too close to forty to really be there. But all the uh, yeah, all the twenty something uh, <laughs> uh, girls and boys are, uh, are falling for him. Like he's got the yeah, he's, Jimmy. Avik is not the king of the goths. I feel like uh, Damien Priest would be the king of the goths, uh, and <laughs> in that world,
0: good. You could take up that mantle in that case. It wouldn't be the direction I saw that going, but again, <laughs> 2020, folks. Um, yeah, and and to be honest, yeah, he's always someone who I've had a soft spot for when he's been there. But then at the same time, he's not getting any younger, and really should be on the main roster then if they think if they're thinking about that or, or nearer the top of the card. I don't know what they're going he'd, with. He fit really
1: well. I think. I don't think you'd have to change much. with mm. it. Like I mean, he's got. Slight indie style to him, like big moves and stuff, but I think he's more moldable to that. Uh, to what they maybe they shouldn't want it, but what they want
0: replace Baron Corbin with him, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of problems solved there immediately, isn't Mm -hmm. there? If you just do that one act, um, so yeah, the ladder match was that I agree with it. Like it it was, it was, I think I went three and a half on Dakota Kai Io Rai, um, okay, higher than me then. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I actually liked the fact that the promo package they use with the Oshirai mm. speaking in Japanese just felt much more like a kind of proper promo. Reminds me of the promos you'll see in Japan, which are kind of not very saccharine. And I thought that was kind of good. It was, however, like ultimately they, you know, if you had Dakota Kai win, it would have made a lot more sense. And I didn't get that at all And then having Rhea Ripley come back in, it feels like they might go from Io Shirai to Rhea Ripley to then a feud with Raquel Gonzalez. And to be honest, I think they had something with Dakota Kai, but they, they appear to be kind of going in there with this. But as the work goes, I I really like Io Shirai. Mm. So, um, and I like Dakota Kai, particularly this, this character. But yeah, I went, I went three and a half because I enjoyed it, but I, I didn't enjoy the booking. I, I, you know, not for me. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it was kind of, you know, I don't think there was anything particularly bad on the show, was there? Um, it's just... No. This is the expectation you have. Sam Roberts. A COVID takeover. Yeah, there's something bad. I will say that. Uh, and I suppose that, I mean, the main event was just dull rather than bad and it just didn't live up to the to the takeover kind of expectation. Um, but, you know, Pat McAfee saved the show and that's, uh, that's all there is to me.
0: Yeah, oh, we will say as well, they had a couple of new Metallica songs on there as well, didn't they? It's a big thing going on with Metallica that night. <laughs> what did you think of it? You, you're never a fan of Metallica.
1: No, whenever like, there's a song like that that leads uh, the show, that's always a JP idea. And when it's hip-hop, yeah. it's generally me, which is quite often, to be honest, because I get the, uh, I get the I to do that at the JP, so I get final say. Um, <laughs> well, I know you do, you bastard. <laughs> you're still fuming, aren't you? At that time, I didn't use the, what was it, like the electro Jungle show, music. It, jungle music. Electro <laughs>
0: You do a disservice to the entire genre of jungle music. I you really like do with that exactly. Electro, <laughs> not 1982 in Vienna, man. <laughs> uh, oh well, well on yeah, that it that was, wasn't wasn't classic. It wasn't Master of Puppets, which my <laughs> my youngest son for his birthday, I bought him the poster of uh, like one of his. I didn't just buy him a poster for his 14th birthday. <laughs> but it, Dad of the year, um, no, he. I had to replace his phone. Actually, that was that was a much more heartbreaking thing to do. Android but, or yeah, iPhone? He, he, he started to get into Metallica for this, but they're not a couple of songs that I'm going to say to him go on to. It'd be like telling him to listen to Saint Anger. He's <laughs> just better off without that. <laughs> Did he go Android or iPhone, JP? I know you've moved over recently. Android. Oh,
2: okay.
0: There he's you go. got an Honor phone, which I'm not even sure what that means, <laughs> but it's a name of a name point. of a company, and he's very happy with it. Oh, that's good. There you go. Yeah, he didn't just get a post that I'm happy with that. <laughs>
1: exactly. uh, shall we? Uh, shall we talk some AEW? That was another uh, big show this weekend. If
0: I can interrupt, actually, before we move away from NXT, piece of what potentially massive news has just broken through. Oh, um, I don't think of it as bad news, but hey, great pun. Um, Wade Barrett is going to be um, making the big leap from World of Sport finally and Defiant to. Uh, Over to NXT to commentate whether or not that's a replacement for Mauro Ranallo who we haven't mentioned and I'm I'm not quite sure the situation for why he's off and he may sound a bit horrible. I I didn't really miss listening to him at all. Um, You pumped for any of that Benno? <laughs> right, I okay. catch you
1: catch him no, in I mean, yeah, way back to be fair AEW He was he's in it I'd say NWA's way because he's that's the most recent thing mm-hmm. he's been doing, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Where he where he slotted in uh, after Cornette got uh, got shit canned. And he was actually he was okay. He comes up up a mm-hmm. little bit um Everything's the best thing in the world, and every wrestler's the best wrestler in the world. Uh, he he sounds a little bit like you know when you listen to like the early two thousands FWA commentary. I always think that's what he sounds like, Wade Barrett. Um, I'm uh, uh, he was he was a nice bloke. When we interviewed him. there you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, good for him. I suppose he's landed. He's landed there again. It doesn't doesn't give you a huge amount of hope for uh, the NWA, but you know they they got their weekly pay per view model coming up, so you know I'm sure they'll uh, they will yeah. to replace him. Um, yeah, and it, to be honest, mate, anything's better than Moro. I, I will say that because fucking hell, like uh, I, that is one thing. I don't enjoy Corey Graves one bit, but I did not miss Moro from from Takeover. No. I, I miss Nigel. That's still kind of shitty, yep. but yeah, don't miss Moro.
0: No, and I don't know if you could miss Tom Phillips or was it Vic Joseph? I see, that's it. The that's, worst bit is I don't know. I'm i have
1: got a clue.
0: It could have been either. I want to say it was Vic Joseph. <laughs> Look, man, it was a generic white man with dark hair. Like, come on. Yep. Talking about medical facilities and the like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Nice one, JP. Got, got a bit of, yeah. uh, bit of breaking news there. But um, we probably I'm on should... The
0: scoops, mate.
1: <laughs> we should. Speaking of scoops, we should talk to AW because, yeah, we'll probably keep it brief this week for AW because there is a lot of other stuff that happened on the weekend and. Mm. I think it was more coincidence that they were part of this uh, SummerSlam weekend than, than than something done on purpose but obviously they had the uh, the NBA lead-in um, the NBA game uh, went went long didn't it um, and it did start a little bit late which meant basically AW was Head to head with TakeOver. over, um, you know. Maybe half it had like a half an hour head start, and went head to head with the uh, with the pre show. They, the, the, we put a match on, which I'm sure was just a coincidence. Um, that all that all happened, uh, but they, st- yeah, they they still, you know, they did all right as far as like TV viewership goes. Through, during the they were in the, what, the top five, weren't For the uh, for the, the quote unquote demo, mm. um, above seven hundred thousand viewers. It was seven fifty, wasn't it? It's a good, yeah. Good, Kind of, I mean, that's their normal ish number. Maybe that's not the best. Maybe, you know, you would like their normal number to be a bit higher, but it kind of shows that their AW's fans followed it over. And to be fair, I don't think it was the biggest of shows. You had the big, you had the Cody title mm. match, I suppose. Um, you know, I'd imagine they, they, they benefited a little bit. From you know the end of NBA, like Lord knows they fucking flew right into the show, didn't they? They were they were they made certain and they didn't give anybody a chance to turn over because it was literally you're in the ring and FTR are already there. No, oh, FTR got a manager now. Okay, that's that's just that we're having a match. Okay, let's go. It was no yep. time for stopping, no time for anything. It was right in the ring, so they were clearly planning for that. Worthy to uh to maybe ca- catch some uh, some NBA fans who were maybe thinking of sticking around on the channel. So yeah, I think I think I saw that. Including including them, that meant that uh, that uh, TNT. I think four of the top five places in the uh, in the top five for the mm. for the night. So you know, at, uh, I think I think it's something that they'll be happy. I think it was you. U- Will was saying on Twitter, wasn't he, that UFC um, on ESPN did pretty pretty much exactly the same as uh, as them in the demos, which was uh, was quite interesting mm. too. And uh, so yeah, not not the worst experiment. Uh, AEW on a Saturday night. I don't know what you thought of that all the uh, the show as a whole.
0: It made me wonder whether or not the long mooted second show they do, whether or not that might be a possible slot for them. If they're thinking kind of classic 605 mm. and they went down that route, mm. that there might be something there. It also might be a nice lead into a pay-per-view mm. as well. If they're doing that, like using what UFC do with ESPN and using that for your prelims to build into your um, – rather than – you know, and, and see, see if that works. Mm. um as a show like i suppose i I didn't really enjoy the week before um and this one i knew that it was uh, it was effectively one that it turned out to be more momentous than what it was Mm. um even though it didn't really feel like that in the setup i just kind of thought are they going to do a screw job finish i did have a inkling of it making sense but the, the the belt on on Brody Lee but I kind of didn't expect them to do it the way that they did it but then like you say yeah they they just sort of went straight into it um and yeah like you I was like oh what Tully Blanchard's managing FTR we've missed a bit haven't we we've missed a week mm. where that's kind of explained where they go up to him and go look Tully we think you can teach and then they have that conversation they talk about what they did with Ricky Morton but instead, he's just got a nice it,
1: jacket on with the logo on, so it's like, yeah, go with them.
0: Yeah, basically. And I think there was a point he moved one of them out of the way. He did a little bit distracting, but it's easy money for, for old Tully. Um, yeah, it, as a show overall, like I'll, I'm in the general consensus of I loved that that closing angle. It was like the the angle that they done uh, in December, except they did it well. Mm. They did it properly. And it kind of meant something. Um other bits, I won't lie, I kind of ended up finding like repetitions, like you're killing time on the way to a pay-per-view without it. And it's not that it's bad, it's just that the time you're just sort of watching it going like, uh, this is this is okay. But I think that last angle probably was the thing that that seemed to really. I don't know, lift the show to a level better than what it was. Cause I think you take that out and you'd be, we'd all be saying this is a fucking weak episode, but I think it was just like the way that they did the ending was something. It was like, it was like an average episode Mm. of a long running drama that you're watching on Mm. like a HBO. I've mentioned them enough times and it's not a great episode. It's like watching like an episode of game of Thrones where it's not necessarily a great episode, but fuck me, the cliffhanger has got you Mm. for the next week. And that's how I felt with this show. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think I'm higher on it than you. Like I I'll be honest, I watched I planned on watching AEW live and then catch and take over later on, but I basically watched the first hour of AEW with maybe a little mm. bit extra of it in split screen with uh, with SummerSlam, which again wasn't really it didn't really I was trying to make I was trying take to force. Over. With Takeover, sorry, I was trying to force myself to to make it feel like WrestleMania weekend when you know Takeover was head to head with ROH mm. or whatever it wasn't. It wasn't really quite the same, mate. Um, I I don't know. Mm. I, I maybe I had lower expectation because of the car going in, and um, maybe because of uh, Cody and Brody Lee being so effective. I think maybe I've got a maybe a more positive outlook on the show. I thought it was a good show. I thought the um, to be honest, I, I think. I, you know like completely agree with you. They went straight to FTR in the ring and they did the Tully promo later on and the Tully promo was great. Uh including mm. the bit little tease with Hangman Page as well. Uh I would have done that the other way around. And I feel like an easy solution to that would have been just do do the book six man do the Elite Six Man first. You know, the the Elite versus the the Dark Order yeah. Six Man. Throw that out and let I know that would... they're not really squashes those matches, but one side is very much the star and the other side isn't. Um mm. But I feel like that might have grabbed people a little bit more if you'd have just led out with that because I really enjoyed that on the show. I thought that was a a good little TV match. I went three point two five on on Grapple for that. Um, to be fair, mm. the FTR um, tag wasn't you know it wasn't a bad match. Um, you know, private party uh, no slouches. They're they're okay. Yeah, they're the the rough. I think is the thing, and I think FTR are a good team to put in there with a with a rougher. Uh, uh, fly a team like that and, and kind of drag a a solid little three-star tv match out of them i just wouldn't have put it on first i would have put it somewhere later in the show but mm. i enjoyed that um the jericho orange cassidy angle like a you know the whole mimosa thing just feels like a way for jericho to not take the fall i feel like that's just a way to you know he gets dunked in some some orange juice and that's the the end of the feud that are, are all out um you know, yep. I think that's uh, a lot of that. A lot of that is is very much the fact that but uh, m- Mike Tyson doesn't seem to be uh, coming back to WWE anytime soon. Because I feel like that would have been the Jericho match, and we kind of moved back in time to the Orange Cassidy food. Mm. I don't know if uh, I don't know if that there's there's truth to that or not. Um, but you know, I thought that was fine on the show as well. And to be honest, yeah, you give, you give me you give me a big angle like like Cody and Brody Lee, and I'm happy. Like they completely they completely. Mm ripped off, not even ripped off, but took influence from Brock Lesnar beating John Cena for the WWE title. Like, that whole squash where it was supposed to be Daniel Bryan, and he just he mows through him with all the suplexes and kills him. Like, that's what they were going for. And you know what? After weeks of Cody doing these back-and-forth matches with indie dudes, and yeah, going over, but elevating people and, you know, yeah. getting Eddie Kingston a job, um, and not just Eddie Kingston, you know, d- doing a... You know, going over Ricky Starks. But Ricky Starks, yeah, that's the other one. Getting yeah, Ricky Starks over as well. Um, can't talk, you can't call that little that open challenges uh, uh anything other than a success for me because he, he managed to do that. I had some fun weeks of TV and different matches, which I would have liked to have seen gone on longer. But I think he's off, he's filming something, isn't he, with his uh, with his mate, the Arrow. Um, oh yeah, I think this. I think this. Uh, what's it called? It is actually called Heels, isn't it? The uh, the show that he's off doing. Uh, not like AEW Heels, the uh, the ill-fated fan club. But yeah, I think <laughs> that's what he's he's off doing. But you know, you got all of that, and then you got this where it was literally just. You know what this match needs? It it needs a Brody Lee to go over strong. I I still don't love the Mister McMahon character. I still don't really like the whole Dark Order concept, especially this new Dark Order where it is just more of a. A comedy bit to take the piss out of Vince, but I do like Brody Lee as a wrestler, and I do think there's upside. But mm-hmm. there. um, yeah, you know, you you put someone like him over strong, and you know, do it effectively like this, and you're gonna get me interested. And you know, yeah, the the whole the the elongated beatdown afterwards, where the the camera kind of stuck with it, and you know, you got the uh, you got the little extra moments at the end, you know, with Brandy Rhodes getting taken out and the Nightmare Family and Arn Anderson getting involved. Um, and they didn't just cut away from it; they let it breathe, and it had time. Um, you give me something effective like that, and yeah, it's not a you know this 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 odd Saturday show might have been felt a little bit throwaway going in because it's not like they mm. they put any big matches on it other than that. But to be honest, it came out with one of the more memorable scenes of the year, and yeah, one of the the stronger angles I've uh, I've seen in wrestling in a good while. And like I said, including you know its entire purpose being to get over a stable that I don't even really like.
0: And that's, I've kind of warmed to the Dark Order as a result of the stuff they've been doing and them being a purpose. I'm I'm still, ultimately, it's very confusing because it's played entirely for comedy on BTE. And I know that's a sort of separate universe in and of itself. But it is like, if you're one of those fans that you're going to watch both things, that can be somewhat jarring. Mm. But here, just the way they delivered it and the kind of intensity that he showed throughout it as well. And it was like, you, you forget how good he is. And actually over the time, the things he would have picked up in WWE. And then you realize what they've kind of missed out on mm. potentially and what they could have had mm. if they'd done something with him just for the fact that he's from New York. Cause I mean, that's the other thing as well I'm surprised, like he's a good talker, but mm. I kind of his emoting, is very very good like just the kind of sheer rage and brutality that he went in it was like it was it was like dusty booking i thought i kind of thought he'd be very proud of that you're leaving the territory for a bit to do a tour somewhere you get laid out by killer monster hill Mm. you come back in training and then you beat them again it's kind of dusty meets rocky and it makes sense for him not being there it It elevated him in a way that's shocking, that you don't see often enough in title matches. How long did it go? Four minutes?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Four minutes. The last time I remember something like that was when Hiromu beat um, uh, Kushida, Mm. and in like a minute and a half, and you just didn't see it coming. And you can't obviously do that all the time. But I think for this, the way that they, like you said before, the the open challenge has been a success. Think of the things like say they've gained out of have gained a couple of people who were present on this show and featured on this show and, you know, have been featured on dark as well. Mm. They've, they've managed to kind of give Cody something to do with a degree of purpose. Um, the new title in and of itself looks nice now as well. It's a hell of an upgrade. And I like the little bit with smashing it as well. But there were so many good things that came out as a result of this angle. Like, maybe it's just me, but Stu Grayson feels like a bit more different now. And mm. I know he's only kind of in a lackey role, but I'm kind of fine with that. And Uno is more of a kind of a talker. I think that's fine. They've they changed the look enough. Like, the mask thing in and of itself is never something I'm going to be getting on board with. Mm. And that might be part of the problem. That's still too kind of cult member-ish. But the idea that, like the whole idea is that he gets success and by doing it this way and I thought the way they worked in Anna J to attack Brody and mm. just the fact he just invited her to do brandy, it yeah yeah to yeah what did I say Cody. Brody, Brody Brody <laughs> that'd be a bloody sense. hell yeah that that'd have been Russo booking at his best yeah attacks <laughs> Brody Lee why um but I thought that was really good. No, I have no interest in we'll talk about it maybe in a bit. Hopefully mm. not for too long. I have no interest in seeing Brandy Rhodes wrestle at all. But logically, it made sense for building her up, and she is somewhat one of those people, those kind of new talented people. And it's like they found a group of them. But to be honest, I pretty much know who all the members of the Dark Order are, and I would have struggled with Evil Uno probably mm. around like <laughs> so. I would have forgotten one of their names. So. Like at this point, you've got several of them. Like the Colt Cabana stuff is still there and around. So there's like, there's, they've made them interesting. I don't think their main event, I think Brodie Lee, like, and I remember that match you had with Moxley as well. And that was really good and better than I thought it would be. Um, like I say, I, I wonder if it's going to be Brody Lee, Matt Cardona at um, all out. That's something that seems like it would make a bit of sense.
1: Yeah, while well, Cody's gone, I mean, I, yeah. don't know, I don't know much. I want to see Zack Ryder versus, you know, former Wyatt member Luke Harper, but you know, I suppose packaged in a different way.
0: Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I
2: don't know they what.
0: make you interested in that, though, don't they? Yeah, the that's way good. that they repackage them, and that's like that's that's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it, and that's it. They've gotten criticism for that, like with the, you know, the fact that. Pretty every major title in an AW has been, a singles title has been an ex-male, and again male, so there's a lot of qualifiers on that but it's always mm. ex-WWE people you know, there is that um, but you've got to get your wrestlers from somewhere haven't you, and yeah, if you give them that different coat of paint, as much as I don't love the Brodie Lee coat of paint, you know it's worth trying um, and re- worth doing it in your way uh, you mentioned um, Brandy Rhodes there, yeah, that, that was the other thing on this show a lot of people complained about this women's tag tournament not making it to TV. I mean, I think the people who complained uh, have got it right in some ways because AEW hasn't done a great job with the women's division. And I know mm. the defences were in a pandemic and there's only certain people you can get in. But come on, let's all be honest. Kenny and Brandy or whoever was booking it booked it into Oblivion before the pandemic. Um, it's a failing of AEW, I think, the, the women's division, to be honest. Mm. But this tag tournament, this match I've read was the best match of the tournament and if this two and a half star (laughs) final match is the best match of your tournament then maybe it's you know and and you know fortunately you know some of the women's segments including a couple of weeks ago have been death for the ratings I kind of get why they've just put the final on TV because you do maybe want to try with some rougher diamonds shall we say uh, and not put them in the high pressure position of being on TV and save it for the final um but yeah, if this was the best the tournament has to offer, I don't know. I saw people I saw a couple of people really enjoying this one. Um I mean I'll say it was the best Brandy Rhodes match I've seen in a while, but I don't think that really says much. I don't know if that's that's high praise, to be honest. Um I was glad she lost at least. Um and yeah, yeah. You know, I suppose Eva Lisa and uh, Deamante have got a, a bit of presence about them. So, you know, maybe you can do some more with them. Uh but yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was a match, really, and yeah, maybe a little bit buried away on the Saturday Night Dynamite.
0: Yeah, and it justified the decision mm-hmm. and the fact that you've said. And it's one of the things we're going to be talking about in terms of the the deep dive um, is looking at the women's division and why it's been that way
2: mm-hmm.
0: and some of the kind of problems that they've had with the booking and because I think of the of the women's segments that are, that I enjoy on the show, like Brit Breaker pretty much most most times she's on i i enjoy her and like really enjoy the character but for the most part it's it's just never been and we all understand that they haven't got the depth that wwe have Mm. but at the same time it's hard not to think they should be they should be doing a lot better Mm. and if you're lacking talent then why are you doing a tag team cup like really yeah, to find the talent, maybe, you know, you never know who might stand out. Yeah. And, and, and I suppose for them again, it's, it's trial period stuff, mm. isn't it? It's seeing, I mentioned Anna Jay and I think she's been very, I, I've seen her a couple of times on dynamite, but like some of these people, like an Alan angels of the world, they've managed to kind of get themselves noticed. Mm on these shows mm. um, I've also noticed I don't think Sugar Dunkerton's with AEW anymore as well
1: I think he left and then they still used him for dark last week you
0: know I think he's still oh did they yeah I yeah. hope so mm. I hope so because like you know you want to see him get, get those big breaks mm. um, but at the same time yeah the, the, the overall I mean the match itself like you say it, it's I say it's the best Brandy Rhodes match I've seen I've maybe went two stars wow like I really did like I, I I didn't enjoy it. I have enjoyed evelise Velez at points. Mm. Um Diamante, I still kind of for me is more familiar with sort of LAX, the later the 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 version with Santana and Ortiz. Mm. And I get that there's presence and I liked how they kind of threw away the roses that were given afterwards to to wave the flags instead. And they add debt. But rather like Arsenal centre-halves, depth isn't necessarily the issue, it's quality. And what you're doing with that quality as well. Mm. And maybe, like if Arsenal, and they haven't signed him yet, signing Gabriel, who I know Everton were interested in as well. I don't know if you <laughs> read news now during the day when you should be working. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, like, they, they need that kind of, like, kind of real bit of quality coming in. And yeah. I will say from when I saw an NWA, I think Thunder Rosa is a good pickup and you mentioned the NWA earlier and it does mm. make you wonder what's going on with them. The fact that Ricky Starks had left mm. the fact that Thunder Rosa is there, the fact Nick Aldis has a job with like fight oh, with TV. Fight. Yeah. 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 I mean, it does make you wonder kind of what's going on there. Is there just a deal where they're, they're doing it bringing in Thunder Rosa and I hope she does well mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I
1: suppose on Dynamite then the only other thing to mention is uh, Eddie Kingston's Wink I was a big fan of that Uh, putting him in Mm. in charge of a stable with uh, the Lucha Brothers and uh, the Butcher and the Blade Uh, I hope that means like I don't think it's going to be two tag teams under him I feel like we're going to get hopefully Singles Phoenix and Singles Pentagon because they're just fucking dudes on this roster and Phoenix is one of the best wrestlers in the world like I, if you if you talk to me about the most underutilized people in AEW, to start of my conversation, and I know he's had killer tag matches and the odd killer singles match, it's still Kenny Omega. I still feel like if you want to argue against that, um, everyone on top is XWWE guys, Kenny Omega should be front and center of your promotion. Um, and he hasn't been. Mm. Um, whether, you know, that's tactical, but I still don't agree with it. But the other one is Phoenix, because, like, that is yeah. that's a dude who should be near the top of your cards, like, killing it. Um, and I like them as a tag team at least I like them on the indies as a tag team but they're very lost in the shuffle right now so yeah I'm hoping Eddie Kingston being as great as he is on the mic and he was great in the segments as well means mm. that yeah we might get a more serious push with them or it leads to Eddie Kingston pairing off with LAX or something I'll take that too uh, but hopefully we get something promising out of that
0: I, I'd i love to think that to be the case I really would I like you a uh, massive fan of Phoenix it makes no sense why you wouldn't use him, particularly as well if you're interested in demos. Like I, we mentioned, Ray Mysterio earlier on. Mm. I mean, like lest it not be forgotten that like there was a reason why SmackDown did very well with him, and there was a reason he was pushed. Mm. He, he is enormously popular, and it may sound like I'm just playing on stereotypes by saying, but if you've got a really quality luchador in there,
2: mm.
0: people watch. Mm. people are interested in that because that's the kind of stuff that also crosses over cultural boundaries. Like, you know, luchador is a thing that people have heard of the idea of lucha and the rest of it. And you've got two of the best exponents of that in the world, but you've also got a tag team division that is very, very deep. Mm. Like you'd argue even too deep for the amount of TV time that they have really. I mean, you'd rather have a really too strong of a division rather than one that, that, that isn't weak. But they're kind of nowhere near the title mm-hmm. um, and they're not really working triple a and i'll just say to you now: if you had brodie lee versus phoenix and you had a, it as a tv main event and you're just like right brodie lee's going to go over but phoenix is going to have some great shit in there as well you could get him over mm. like in in a night to do it and it's a fresh face and it's a young face who works a kind of different modern style, but has worked with all of these guys loads and loads of times. Like it, it, like, and you think of the kind of marketing opportunities if you have them as single stars, you can have them in there against each other. How many times have they bloody wrestled each other as well? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Like you say, it is, it is a bit of a waste. And you mentioned about Kenny Omega. The only, the thing I would say with that is, is that like the problem with Kenny Omega on Friday, Kenny Omega in AEW. Yeah. Yeah. is. Del- yeah. Oh, do you know what? I'll save it then. <laughs> save your hot take. <laughs> even though I'm not meant to be delivering hot takes, I'll try if I remember, which go. I won't. No, know. yeah. That's a good so No one will ever know. <laughs> Oh well, but yeah. So with
1: AW, obviously they're on Thursday this week. Um, mm. So yeah, the, good for us because it doesn't mean we're putting the show out on the morning of the next week's dynamite when no one really wants to care to hear us break down last week's dynamite. I like the schedule; it should be on Saturdays and uh, and Thursday follow ups. So I prefer that. And um, they've got a couple of uh, yeah, you know, un. Nobody against them. Like the Thursday is not perfect, you know. As far as you mm. know, you, you're relying on your audience to to come across. But I believe the go home dynamite, which will be live, will be in front of fans. Which again, I don't know in Florida whether I love that or not. Um yeah, I know it's 500 people. I know they're all siloed away. But and I know you know we're about to talk about a load of indie shows that that have people in the crowd. But I just don't know whether you should really be doing that in Florida. But the, I suppose the positive is yeah they're gonna have live crowds going forward, and they are gonna have one of one of those dynamites the Wednesday before All Out, unopposed by NXT who've been preempted to Tuesday. That is gonna be a really interesting week to find out what the what's the yeah. ceiling on at least you know pandemic AEW going into a pay per view. That's a that's a real test that number for all uh, the talk the other week about them closing in on raw which kind of isn't true right now with raw doing two million and then doing seven hundred thousand but you know how close can they get Uh, that's going to be
0: really interesting yeah how much are they solidifying their base Mm. Um, yeah there's there's so many interesting little facts are they able especially with that younger demo that they're getting Mm. and obviously the nba getting that kind of demo as well so I mean we spoke about tnt being happy with them i think they'll look at that and they'll see they're holding a young demo and that's good for advertisers and it fits in with their general product Mm. so it doesn't feel like wrestling always has done on tv where it's this completely different thing to the other things you're trying to achieve with your network they're just a standalone thing that get ratings but it's wrestling so we don't really know how to market it and everything else like say it's going to be interesting with that unopposed number Mm. um it's just whether or not they can get momentum into all out and then beyond that, yeah, that's
1: it. Um, moving on, then, should we talk some of the indies from the weekend again? We don't exactly mm. have a
0: WrestleMania weekend
1: where these Slater indies, but there was uh, a lot of stuff going on over the weekend. Um, I don't know how much you, you caught, I know you were, were you catching up today with Black Label Pro. Um, yes, as was I, like that was one. I mean, let's start there. Uh, if we're going through this weekend, uh, as far as indie indie shows go. You know the, the sleeper hit of the weekend, I would say. Um, unfortunately, not a grapple promotion, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to push Gareth because he's got a lot of uh, a lot of other promotions to keep to keep up on. But genuinely, one of my favorite shows of the weekend, and I wouldn't. We previewed it last week, and the card looked good. This was the uh, the Eric Stevens Presents Professional Wrestling Show, um, but actually really good show um, and I'm glad to listen to the hype that I saw it on Twitter the likes of uh, Ben Owens was, uh, was shouting from the rooftops about some of the matches on this show and I had a, I had a hell of a time watching it like that um, Anthony Carter uh, sorry Anthony Henry Ben Carter match was yeah. again that's up there with really I mean if I'm saying Dominic Mysterio was in my favourite match of the weekend I gave that four stars I gave this four stars as well if you're talking straight matches, this was probably the best work match of the weekend. Like, I absolutely loved it. Like, Ben Carter is... There is something there with him. He is... Yeah. You know, we're going to... When we talk these indie shows, we're going to talk Ospreay in a bit. And I don't like to... You know, right now it seems a sensitive thing to use Ospreay's name particularly positively, but he has got a touch of the Will Ospreay's about him. He has got a touch of the, the pack about him. He's... Mm. I don't want to over-egg it, but... You know, he he is someone, and he's been on our radar since we saw him on those GCW shows a couple of weeks ago, he's someone who really, really could be good. Um, and he's pretty good right now, to be honest. As it goes, uh, he's a, he's a, you know he's from the uh, what is it? Is it the Jer- Jersey? Isn't it the uh, the island he's from? The island of Jersey. Yep. Um, so we we're counting. I probably him. slagged it off, mate. Yeah, yeah he comes he out did, with with his, yeah. his British flags and stuff. So he's you know he's he's one of ours. Um, as we talked about a few weeks ago, trained with uh trained with Seth Rollins, and yeah, he's really got something. Like this match, I, lo- I like Anthony Henry anyway. Um, but he's got mm. a, I think he's someone who's got a, he's a really good technical wrestler with a good look who you know, should be getting more of a shout in uh in places. Um loved as is uh is what his, um is horseman tag with uh what's he called um jd drake jd drake whose name i should remember from the wxw bowling uh, expedition yeah. last october where he was uh yeah smashing those uh those bowling balls he's a bowling ball of a man to be honest and a great worker himself <laughs> um but yeah i love the workhorseman and i really really like anthony henry and yeah this was like this was this was my kind of match this was your technical guy working over the leg and your ben carter trying to fly even though his leg is hurt that's where it felt like a little bit like early Osprey to be honest where he had a lot of Mm -hmm. these matches early on his career where it was like but I'm going to fight through the hurt leg and I'm going to I'm still going to hit my moves but it's going to hurt me afterwards which that psychology I know that doesn't work for everyone but I, I don't mind it um but I liked it. Yeah, it was great. It added a little bit of intensity to it with the, the chop battle towards the end of the match. Mm. Uh, I thought it was a really good showing from both wrestlers. And yeah, as far as the indie shows go, I think that was my my match of the weekend, really. I don't think I went higher than that on uh, on any of these matches.
0: Uh, I'm with you on this one. This one, it, it, i give it a rating, give it four stars as mm. well. Um, I think the preconception I probably had is is that he's a very talented but kind of indie-style wrestler. Mm. And this match really pleasantly kind of took me away from that. And like you say about, about Anthony Henry, and I agree with everything you said there as well, I just kind of loved the, the fact where, you know, he was just like a kind of nasty heel. Mm-hmm. And he just dived in there and he was brutal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I looked at um, Carter and just thought, Jesus, like, I was into it. I was into his comebacks. The things he did between the high spots were, were good. I Mm. thought, you know, like say, you know, he's very, very young. And and you could argue that kind of element of overselling, but he was never out of place. And, you know, Anthony Henry's been around a, been around a while. Mm. And like you say, he's a guy who should be given those breaks on a, on a higher level. Mm. Um, but, I was completely with this and I remember like seeing some of the hype around for it, but you watch this and you go, yeah, he's more than just flippy do. He mm. is much more than that. And he seemed to be getting a bit of a physique on him as well. So you mentioned yeah, that yeah. comparison, like you could really see that as well at the same time. But yeah, I mean, this show I loved mm. It's part of the reason we ended up recording later tonight mm. is is finishing this off. And I'll just say, yeah, it's a two and a half hour watch, like I thought there was so much stuff on here that I enjoyed. Mm. Commentaries are atrocious, but the show's good. <laughs> do, do you know what? I will say ta- in the pantheon of indie commentators in u s. indie commentators, I thought, fine, like I preferred them to the GCW once.
1: I suppose a Sarah from Marty and Sarah was funny at points. I'll give her that.
0: <sighs> yeah. They were, look, they were enthusiastic and they were trying to call moves, but there appears to be an indie commentary style that's done with an element of kind of, I don't know hipster irony to it, maybe. It's maybe IWA mid south, me... isn't it? That's what it is. Everyone's yeah. trying to be IWA mid south
1: still. Um, yeah, I don't. Know. It didn't attract too much from me though. I did see that a lot of no. people saying they they watch these types of shows with a uh, with a podcast on the background or something. Uh, I did suffer through it to be honest. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. The show as a whole, like I, I imagine you loved uh, the match with uh, what's his name, the bastard Cassidy, uh, the he's like a little ginger Ooh. teenager, isn't he? He's only wrestled about a year in there with Tom Lawler, and he's a fucking and we're going to talk about a tank man in a little bit, but he's a tank of a man Ooh. himself. That uh, that bastard uh, Cassidy. I enjoyed that. I thought that was a, that was a fun little match. It was a, it was just a good oh, show. Yeah. There was a run of really good matches on this show. Like there was three or four matches in a row. You know, from the Anthony Henry Henry Ben Carter match um, through the Alex Shelley I say Velasquez match, then Josh yeah. Alexander Lee Moriarty match, and then yeah, that Tom Lawler match came straight after
0: it. That was a run of matches. I did enjoy all of those. I enjoyed the main event as well, which you mm. appear to be leaving out, and I doubt not you didn't enjoy that as much.
1: Uh, yeah, Eric, Ste- I mean, Eric Stevens is all right, isn't he? Uh, uh, is in the heel act. I'm not going to get into the Twitter kickoff over the weekend, so I think it was a storm in a teacup, to be honest, but it was fine. I ignore that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you love the Tank Band, though, so I think you'd be more into that than me.
0: I love a hoss, mm. and by God, he is pure prime indiana beef that lad isn't he he Mm. really is an absolute unit um yeah i i agree with you there was there was just like this run of matches Mm. um of people i've kind of heard about i I think i mentioned Isaiah velasquez before Mm. in a match i want to say it was trey lamar and i think you know he was good like just the, the... it's kind of a shame
1: the ref blew the finish in that one though that kind of killed yeah. it a little bit for me you could it was clearly like uh i think shelly was supposed to stay down for the pin and the ref kind of stopped counting and then they had to awkwardly go from the shell shock into like another roll up uh yeah, yeah that wasn't great it was a good match though.
0: oh yeah exactly i mean but then again, what were your expectations? Because you kind of look at it as a show visually and it's like 50 people separated out. There's almost as many wrestlers and crew as there are kind of people there. Mm. But really, it's being put on as a kind of television product at the same time. Mm. Um, so I didn't like I, I watched Isaiah Velasquez. Yeah, like I say, for warrior wrestling. And mm. I think how I ended up viewing this show was like I'm just having like between this and parts of GCW I've seen which there's a lot of it I haven't seen, including mm. the main events or the tournament of survival, which oh, I have build myself up to. Yeah, sorry, spoiler alert. Um I I'm intrigued in seeing it because it just gives you a kind of general overview for mm. me. As someone who's dipping in and out of of US indies of just where they are and what kind of talent is out there. Mm. But there's and on this card generally there's nothing. Was there anything on this card that was bad? No, yeah.
1: I mean not may, at all. Maybe War Horse, but you know, even that was fine.
0: I, I would go along. with I don't get Warhorse. Mm. Rather than him being bad, it's just like I don't get him. Yeah, yeah, And It's me. just not for. It's not for me, and I'm kind of fine with that. Although mm. um, I, I did say that the bloke he was up against the a very good professional wrestler mm. was his name did you notice what i loved what they did with his entrance music oh yeah 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 that was i I was pissing myself laughing when i saw that when you could just hear the best yeah yeah (laughs) but it was that on a loop wasn't it they they used a part of it that was just (laughs) that on a loop and it was just (laughs) they kept on playing it it was just like the comic timing on it was was really good Mm. um uh, shout out especially as well. A very close kind of second, I think, to that Anthony Henry Benjamin Carter was that Josh Alexander Lee Moriarty. Mm. Um I I didn't enjoy Lee Moriarty's matching with Chris Dickinson, funnily enough, for, mm. for GCW, but this one I kind of got on board on board with, and, and there's a lot good about Josh Alexander in particular. Mm. And it makes me wonder if the stuff with Ethan Page possibly leaving Impact at the end of the year, whether or not. Oh, is that the story? Apparently- I didn't know that. Uh, apparently so. Like, there's there's, there's rumours of of AEW. I could which see that. Kind of wonder
1: He's a cosy yeah, type could- of wrestler. He's the type of indie guy that Cody will see and go, "Yeah, that's a guy," because he can talk yeah. and he's got a good
0: look. Yep, yep, he's got a hell of a look. I have sourced a couple of his vlogs, which were like, "Fucking hell, yeah, rice cakes and pe- rice cakes and peanut butter, mate." Better that bought some decent peanut butter and some rice cakes. I was like, "Yeah, this is all right. It's not crisps, no." But at my age, and you're you're trying to like kind of keep yourself in in decent shape. It's like that's what you're resorting to: multi grain rice cakes and fucking peanut butter. Is there a particular type of
1: peanut butter, like crunchy or? As the Zone I'm... brand or Morrison's, where were you going with this?
0: No, I mean, I bought one of those, I think because it was reduced from £3 to £2. One of those kind of all natural earth kind of one, earth organic. Peanut okay, butter. yeah.
1: The ones where, like, if you leave it too long, it all kinds of separates because there's no bullshit in it. Those type of ones. Like oh, yeah, ones. yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, got I've, a made in, I've made inroads, which probably makes a mockery of my walking 13 kilometers a day nonsense. But there you go. Um, Peanut butter yeah, and anyway. rice cakes. Anyway, that's that's a thing pa- to take
1: from this podcast, everyone.
0: Exactly. But to go on to Ethan Page, if like Josh Alexander is apparently contracted for a bit longer, he wouldn't be bad someone to go with as a fresh kind of like person near the top of the card.
2: Mm.
0: He's better than Eddie Edwards, mm. I'd think. And in this match as well, I kind of saw more of Lee Moriarty. Than what I thought he's still a bit too flashy for me in places and I was much preferring the kind of much more kind of hard nosed work of Alexander. I like the fact he couldn't use either of his arms by the end as well. I mean I thought I thought that stuff was was quite good.
1: Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. I gave that three and a half on Grapple. Mm. Um, well, not on Grapple, in fact. On not Grapple. Uh, just in my notes. Yes. Uh, sorry, Gareth. <laughs> um, I I gave uh, Velasquez Shelley 3.25 just because they kind of blew the finish. Um, yeah. I to be, I'll be honest, I, really, I only gave it three, but I really, like I said, I really enjoyed the Tom Lawler match just as a laugh, really. Anytime Tom oh, Lawler yeah. comes out in jean shorts, you've got me. Yeah what um, actually, in don't... shape
0: as well, isn't
1: he? Oh Fucking my god! Quick. Yeah, he looks. He does. He Ooh. looks like a. He, he's got a look, that lad. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's. He's. I just want to see more of him um, in 2021. To be honest, I want to see him I... in bigger places uh, than MLW. Um, but I'm not sure if we will. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed I don't that. Know new japan you kind of always he's won got those the, like... inroads i think he's been impressing uh shibata hasn't he on the uh on the new japan usa card. So maybe that'll be his inroad to that um you know XUFC name fucking get minora suzuki to have a word he fucking he'll love him uh that's 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 an obvious one isn't it uh yeah i do love him he's he's entertaining no matter what no matter whenever i've never also, watched tom laurel and not
0: enjoyed it like that is
1: yeah that's a good standard for a wrestler
0: we saw him working in um, in Blackpool in front of about hundred people, mm. and he was fucking awesome. Mm. Like, and he was working a kind of you know not really a stiff style, but a uh, him and Jeff Cobb. Mm. And at the time, he was MLW champion, mm. and Jeff Cobb was the Ring of Honor TV champion. And you thought, this is weird that we're watching this with some guy in a massive Shane McMahon. Um, Shame was it? Shane McMahon. Um, uh, like baseball jersey or something right, like yeah. that was <laughs> those, those things always stick out that's the biggest what a, what a weekend P- that was PCW <laughs> oh my god I've just, do you know what was played as well uh, I don't know whose music it was somebody came out to zombie mm. and zombie. I'm, yeah I'm try, trying to think of who came out to zombie was it you Is that's your favourite song it's not my fucking favourite song I can tell you that much <laughs> Really isn't. <laughs> um, yeah. God. Where Sorry. are we going? Where am I going? Black Label you? Pro. <laughs> you know,
1: you know Black what? Label actually? Pro. You know what was good? good. Uh, like, under, mm-hmm. I haven't really seen much talk of the opener, the uh, Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo against Alex and Blake Christian. Yeah. Like, I love Alex and Blake Christian. Well, more Alex than anything, but I do like Blake Christian as well. Garini and, and Koo, like, I, uh, I knew Garini, obviously, from seeing him on Evolve shows. But as a team, first time I saw them, was it? You know, speaking of uh, Tag Festival, was it Tag Festival mm-hmm. for WXW last year, where basically they already had Dominic Garini in for ambitions and they'd lost half their tag teams? Um, because it was the cursed tag festival and Kevin Q just happened to be around because he was doing shows uh, in Europe so they brought him in I really like them as a little indie tag team we need more indie tag teams to be honest that yeah. they kind of stick together um, and work together and like I, I would like to see them again on more prominent shows I think they've got a their shooter style um, I really enjoy it and I think it's a good Kind of, it was a good contrast to Alex Ain and Billy Christian, who were, mm. you know, your flippy do dudes. Uh, not a, you know, a, 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 if I was putting it on grapple, it'd be three stars, three, maybe 3.25, but really uh, just a nice little opener, really, that, that I really liked on this show as so well. Honestly, the whole show was a load of fun. It's on independentwrestling.tv, no sponsorship there, but, you know, I'll throw the lads yeah. a plug. Um, but, uh, totally worth watching. I uh, don't know if you have any
0: more notes. No, I, I, I will say this I thought the app was very good. Mm. I thought like the overall quality of it. I mean, we haven't mentioned enough about the main event. I'll just say Calvin Tankman really does have something about him. He really, really does. Mm. But it was, it was pleasant because we've been quite kind of, and we haven't even mentioned the um, age, like people like AJ Gray, mm. who have kind of gotten into as well. And I will say about Zane and, and, and Christian is having seen them working the new Japan um, strong show mm. and they were very like they were much more restrained, which is a much more interesting thing to see, isn't it? When you see them kind of where I felt here, they they could be obviously a lot more over the top, but they're working hard to actually be a bit more to kind of make it work within the context of a match. And I think that's what worked here. Is it could have been awful, but I think one of the strengths of having a team like Violence is Forever is that they they're going to be quite used to working against mm. a couple of. Guys who are going to be doing all kind of aerial stuff, and they're completely down with that. They'll slot their spots around it. They will do. I mean, Alex Zane already is looking like someone who's kind of being primed for stardom. And again, I'll say it's it's interesting. Like very quickly, like sort of New Japan in particular, think you tell they can think very highly. In another world, you'd be the kind of person you bring over. For a soup for your best of the Super Juniors, not with any expectation of getting many results, but would really make an impression.
1: Mm, totally. Um, so yeah, there was that um, going through these indie shows. Obviously, GCW had mm. their weekend. Uh, you mentioned there you didn't see a, a huge amount of their shows. You didn't see any no. of the uh, the tournament to death. Then, JP, I, th- I thought that'd be right up your street. Oh uh, uh, no! <laughs> I won't keep you too I long didn't. with it. Then I mean, I, to be honest. The only match of real note was the was the was the final. Um, it was just a load of death matches, really. Nick Gage on commentary was fucking great. Like Nick, yes, Gage, Nick Gage giving you like psychology on how death match spots work is a rare treat that we don't get enough in life, to be honest. Um, especially when very he's very animated, wasn't he? Oh yeah, and when he's on commentary with when like the Ohio dudes are in the ring, like he is great. Like cause you can tell he just wants to fucking kill them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't believe in a lot of wrestlers these days, but if I believe in anybody, it's Nick Gage. Um, but yeah, like that, again, it's a deathmatch tournament. I'm not going to tell you to go out your way to watch it, JP. Uh, it's just... It's I should n- stress
0: I heard his commentary from the Jersey Shore's show. He yeah, came he, was, and did he came out there as well. As well. I, yeah, I'm... I, you weren't I'm watching done? it on the sly then, no? No. I, I, <laughs> I, Deb, I might be tempted into watching the main event for next week. I don't know why just cuz I'm a masochist at heart. It but, was
1: the yeah. best example. I mean Alex Cole on Schlatt was a was a decent uh, little death match on the show as well. I don't I don't think I'm going to sell you on it but like the main events genuinely um Alex Cole and and Ricky Shane Page I, again I don't think Ricky Shane Page is a good wrestler. I know I gave one of his matches four and a half stars earlier in the year, and I got a hell for it from you and Joe. And realistically, it was probably more a four or 4.25 star match. Maybe I was just yeah. trolling Joe. I just really enjoyed it, to be honest, at the time. I, I don't care. Out um, of stubbornness, I don't think I'll ever change that rating. Uh, it was certainly not a 0.25. F- the heart
0: likes what the heart likes.
1: Yeah, it certainly wasn't a 0.25 match, I will say. But like this was a second match that he was in that I really enjoyed again. Like, Ricky Shane Page is the, the heel, because GCW get grief for being, you know, like IWM itself in the past and the other indies. They're not, they're not really telling stories. They're just throwing shit out and whatever works works. You'll get a, a rando comedy match with Joey Janela wrestling a doll and you'll get a great flippy match with Alex Zayn, and you'll get, you know, ACH in a bit of a low-key indie dream match and you, you just get shit thrown at a roll, at a wall really with GCW. But, you know, Obviously, the death matches are their bread and butter, but this RSP story it has like it's really centered the promotion and yeah. Whether you you know you rate him or not, and I must stress, I don't. Like he's really good in the role. Yes, like so maybe I do rate him, but he's really good. Yeah, he's really good as like he just sticks to the bit as the fucking hated outsider heel that doesn't want any of your cheers. And even though he's working death match style, he's working that style as a heel as well like it's effective and you know his matches aren't always great i mean mostly they're pretty bad but when it comes to stuff like this because basically like really the story wasn't getting his comeuppance uh, you know it was you know it was somebody who in the undercard the gcw shows who, who people really like uh, in alex colon and he's like um he came out to uh danny havoc's theme as well which was a nice little tribute which gave the the show a nice little it just gave it like as a final to the tournament it, 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 it a bit more emotion and then he was yeah. out there and what i thought was really clever is we're all waiting. Well, we all are saying me and the three other GCW fans who listen to this podcast. are all waiting for Nick Gage to get back in the ring with RSP, RSP and kill him. Uh, I almost said the RSPCA then and kill him. Uh, that will be a different <laughs> matter, <laughs> uh, but he can't right now because of his injury. So instead, he gets his come up and, and I think I thought it was a really smart booking that he gets it in a ta- in it, just in a tournament. You know, he doesn't have to drop. He doesn't drop the belt, but basically, he went in there and he just got battered, and he got like there was these really great, just casual um like light tube shots from alex colan he basically used every single light tube that was in the building and just battered rsp with it hit a spanish fly i think that was that was the finish at the end of the match as well and just went okay. right through him and murdered them and it was like cathartic watching this shitbag heel in a nice emotional moment with you know someone coming out and playing tribute to the to their friend um you know for the match And a nice emotional, like, final. Um, And it was great. It was great to get to see. And RSP lost nothing from it because he's going to come back. He's going to get his heat back anyway. And we're going to get, you know, the Nick Gage match at some point down the road. But, like, as far as... I know you didn't love the uh, the RFP gauge match either, so you're probably not <laughs> going to love this either. But I, I genuinely thought there was a bit of a story to it, and I genuinely thought it was a a fun match, that kind of yeah topped mm-hmm. off a a show, easy to watch for you know someone like me who can sit through this deathmatch match stuff. But you know, a match that I think could could translate to people who who don't love the stuff either. And yeah, I'm looking at you, and I'm knowing I haven't sold you, but you know, I'm trying.
0: <laughs> I. I I won't lie. I am kind of intrigued because I suppose it's it's just like it's I, I, the comparison I always make on, on this show. And I, I bore myself with it is is always with films and with different subgenres. Mm. And while there are genres that I just don't get, like mm. in my case, generally musicals, like or period dramas, I don't posh people in love with someone who's slightly less posh, and mm. they can they can't get married, so they'll just stare miserably at each other, and then one of them will die. In another loveless marriage. I was like, I don't want to see this. Well, it's like, you know, it's just a waste. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, period dramas to death matches. Um, This one, like you say, like, and it's it's through you and your sheer war of attrition (laughs) in trying to kind of get me to have a look at it. I am intrigued because it feels like they're doing something right. Mm -hmm. And it is clearly working. Obviously, it's not working on me, but I'm still interested at the same time as why it's working. So I can see myself watching that main event. I may well turn it off after five minutes. That's also a possibility. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think, you know, as far as deathmatch dudes go, Alec Colon's a good worker. Like he's, I think he's won the, this is the second tournament mm. in a row. He's won... He's got a great theme that he usually uses, the uh, that Tupac theme from above the rim, which always makes him a baby face in my, uh, in my eyes. But yeah, I wonder whether if you watch this match, you'd, uh, you'd see any, anything I saw. But yeah, I, I, what did you see of the uh, the Jimmy show? What have you seen of that? That, te- that seems like more up your street as far as GCW goes.
0: It was kind of, yeah, it was kind of more of your traditional, like kind of, um, the the stuff that was on there like Ar Fox versus Cole Radrick at the start, mm. which it it wasn't really great. But I mean, Ar Fox kind of looks very good, but at the same time, it was really quite scruffy and the rest and mm. and he just looked like a kind of different level to kind of Cole Radrick, who's like kind of clearly one of their guys. But that's what he's there for. The Chris Dickinson Lee Moriarty match, which. I don't know it 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 just didn't feel like I just didn't connect with it at okay. all and I don't know why that is and maybe because I like Chris Dickinson but I don't always like him if that mm. makes sense there's still times where I see him where I'm perhaps not as interested and <laughs> is that the
1: booking maybe because he is kind of just he goes out there and he has matches and then he cuts a little impassioned indie promo
0: afterwards and then he goes oh yeah yeah <laughs> There is. I'm, unfortunately, I don't know why. It's just like, I don't want to say indie Carrion Cross. That's an awful <laughs> thing to say. But there are these kind of, weird, he's better than Carrion Cross. But there's a kind of like, it's an extension on the same thing, is it not? <laughs> like, <laughs> basically, just without that, that fucking um, egg timer bollocks. Anyway, <laughs> again, I don't, yeah. So that, what I don't know why. Maybe other people really liked it, but it's just not something that really connected with me. I did enjoy Blake Everett, Andrew um Blake Christian versus Andrew Everett. I did too, yeah. Yeah. And I I, I thought that was that was really good fun. Mm. Um particularly like the kind of seven foot stuff on there. Um I like Blake Christian mm. as well. We mentioned him before with, with Alex Zane. And sometimes I think I suppose because Alex Zane's got that kind of better look, it's easy to kind of focus on him, but really like Like Blake Christian, I say as well. That New Japan Strong Show was was good, and here this was like bloody good fun and what you'd want from a traditional GCW show. Mm -hmm. Then I then it came on to the death match with the AJ Gray one, and I basically didn't start watching it, but I did listen to some of Nick Gauge on commentary really animated, wasn't he? Like, really surprisingly animated.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's not, a, he's not... You know, he's just uh, a regular... He's like, it's like Scott Steiner, remember, when he used to do commentary for t sometimes? Mm. And he just completely <laughs> dropped the Scott Steiner voice and was just a regular dude. Uh, it's all the work, I reckon, Nick Cage is just a nice man. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I can see why you turned up at that point. Um, so you, di- you didn't see the main event then? You didn't see Joe, which or Alex Lane? It was messy. It was... Uh it was alright I gave it 3.25 I I don't think the show is on grapple yet obviously Garrett's uh, sunning up in Portugal so I'll I'll wait for him to come back to throw my star ratings in that's the thing about GCW shows though like as much as I enjoy them do I ever really go above four stars I don't to be honest Um, and it's rare I get near four Uh, (laughs) a lot of the time like this was you know it was slow sloppy in not a not in a bad way <laughs> i don't know how to put it but mm-hmm. it was it's joey janela you know it's it's gcw style joey janela going out there and trying to kill himself and kill his opponents and use a ladder along the way um and do silly dives into the crowd there was a great spot where um, alexander did a, a suicide dive to the outside and you know like the um the benoit jericho spot with the chair where. Um, I think it's Jericho, isn't it? Swings the chair at Benoit's head as he goes mm. through the suicide dive. He did that, but with a flip with a toe on Hilo. So he hit the back of um Alex Ayan and Alex Ayan hit the like the timing in something like that is just unreal. Um and that's what Alex Ayan offers you in, in a match like this. Um but yeah, you know, a lot of stuff built around the ladder, a lot of stuff in the crowd that, you know, wasn't particularly cohesive, to be honest, as a match, but you know, fun. Um uh, and that's yeah that's gcw for you really it was just a, it was a fun if not sloppy match um where you know zane got to look good um janela you know gets to go over and everyone goes home happy um yeah uh, so i don't know i, I to be honest are the two main events of the weekend for gcw if i was going to push you to watch one it might actually be that death match because uh, i feel like i okay. have of a story to it as, as much as uh, a death match can have a story um but still you know it was fine it was fun and yeah, I quite like GCW being on these uh, on these big weekenders. It's just a nice little thing to you know. While I'm moaning about there being too much to watch, uh, mm. even when it's you know, it's like I say, it's 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 always gonna be three stars or so, and it's always gonna be an easy watch. These GCW shows, mm. so I am kind of glad that the uh, they they pair down quite
0: well with uh, these big WB weekenders. You know what you're going in for mm. when you're getting them as well and they fill a void Mm. and they provide something different Mm. from what others are doing. And in a sense, like that's good. And it doesn't always need to be aimed at us, but it's kind of good for the industry. If that makes any sense, it's kind of good for independent wrestling. There's already people that are coming out of this, that are getting noticed, Mm. Um, you know, people where you've got much larger companies who are paying attention to them. They're doing stuff right as well. Mm. And like you say, they're, they're kind of the one thing that they excel at in the US compared to, like, anybody else. And I do mention, like, the US in particular, is that in Nick Gage and Ricky Shane Page, not likely to have them two signed away. No. <laughs> anytime soon. So that gives them a formal basis, but they've given you at least a reason to care about them.
1: Mm. Yeah. And I- that's... And if dudes get taken away, they're gonna find the, the next Ben Carter or yeah. someone like that and bring them in. That's what they know what they are in the grand scheme of things. And yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it's always enjoyable. If I could give one very quick shout before we move on to yeah, the yeah. final thing, just that ring announcer from Black Label Pro. I oh. don't know why it is. Is it Jay Rose? Is that his name?
1: Yeah, he's he's great. He was on the he was on on the GCW shows. Was well. he was on the last lot of GCW no. shows? Obviously, obviously because he's off doing Black Label Pro. But like, I, I really like I love the way he um, gets into he's all dancing. the entrance themes and stuff. Like, and he's rapping along and singing along. He's he's a lot of fun. Like, he got some grief on Twitter from um, another ring announcer like uh, a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was kind of it was that. Uh, but but like, he's he's very good. Like, I enjoy him in, in, in the role. Yeah, he always adds something to a show for me.
0: I was going to say he adds something Mm. and he doesn't take anything away from the wrestlers. If anything, he makes you more interested in their entrances. And judging Mm. by how the wrestlers react, Mm. the kind of key people, like part of the key people, Mm. it gets them a bit more pumped up as well. So like, you know, speaking of which, I remember him dancing, was it um, Snoop Dogg, Pump Pump? Someone had that, at one of the GCW shows, and he was losing his shit, mm. and he made me feel like losing his shit as well. To it, I was like, "Yeah, go on there, young fella." <laughs> Love him, um, yeah. But yeah, I suppose the uh, the only other indie show
1: that we uh, we have to talk from this weekend is uh, the last the indie second show elephant of in the room. Yep, is uh, the Rev Pro <laughs> show that to take place as well, and we did both watch it. Um, yeah, you know, I know a lot of people boycotted it, and I understand why and i'm not gonna you know say that anyone Mm. shouldn't do that and i'm not saying that anyone shouldn't watch it either um or work it to be honest um it is it's it's a difficult decision to make is it no it's a difficult situation it's
2: Mm.
1: um, the show shouldn't really be happening you know rev pro have and we've been through this and i went through it on bwe as well don't want to litigate it again but you know rev pro have you know, they've jumped the gun a bit, they, really, they needed to do more as far as making you know putting assurances out as far as you know, dignity at work and safeguarding policies and all that stuff, which you might say is just words on paper, and I've probably said that myself, and it kind of is really but, you know, minimum stuff, really. It's not that hard, is it? Um, yeah. I feel like they could have done a better job of baby-facing themselves going into this weekend. Um, Neil David wrote an incredible review of this show on Voices yeah. of Wrestling, where he goes through the issues with that, and the fact that, yeah, I think, like, I think like we said on BWE as well, I think there's a real trust thing with RevPro that's gone for a lot of people. Um, rightly or wrongly, If we've talked about, they've become the biggest heel in, in Brit Rez, Um When there are, you know, other serious cases for other serious promotions, but I think RevPro have got to take some and a lot of blame for the way they've kind of rushed into things here. And you know, just I don't know, I think that if anything, they've kind of gone, ah, fuck it, we can't please people, so we're just going to get back to running shows. Um, and we're going to do a show that prominently features Osprey as well, which uh, which winds a lot of people up. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to listen to this review if you don't want to hear about it. Um, I understand that. You know, we to be honest, we talked about NXT earlier, and Velveteen Dream was on that show. You know, um, yeah. Wrestling, you know, is it, it's hard to take. I think a moral stand in wrestling is always going to be difficult, but you know, wherever people's line is, I get it. Um, yeah. But as a show, I thought it was fine. I thought I actually thought it was the best presented I've seen RevPro Pro in a while. Um, if ever um, it was dark still but I thought the actual video quality yeah. was good they spent 15-20 minutes on it so the, which was way too much but I enjoyed the faux UFC Andy Quilden standing, in, standing cage side with Rob Lias, you know, running down the matches type stuff again should have been mm-hmm. probably 10 minutes shorter than it was um, some of the wrestler promos before matches weren't great but they did a good job of adding sticks to it. Um yeah, I would say overall I thought the presentation was really good. There were a couple of audio issues, my I don't know if it was just me on fight, but it was out of sync for me. Um at least at the start. Uh so RevPro pro is always going to Rev pro unfortunately, but <laughs> yeah. I did think, you know, and it's going to get completely lost this weekend because of all the things that they've done wrong. Um but I did think it was actually, you know, for a 2-hour show, it was it was a well put together show and it's it's a you know, it is a good concept.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I completely agree. And again, it's, you know, just to, to kind of add on to, to some of the things that you, you said at the start, and it, it's, it's not about creating an argument about this. I understand people are going to have their lines and they're going to decide as consumers is the choice that we all have, that this isn't a product that they're going to support. Um, and some people are, and there are going to be, you know, it, these are completely individual choices that people need to kind of make themselves. Hmm. Um, And obviously, again, it's very tempting to kind of go into a rant about it, but that feels like the kind of thing that's, you know... People are voting as well with the with
1: the, with the grapple ratings. There's yeah. some dude who literally went through and gave every match on the show 0.25 stars. Uh, yeah. didn't did notice. he watch
0: NXT though?
1: I think he did. Handsome Islam. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah. People, people vote. People, are, mm. people are expressing themselves. I'm, I'm not sure Gareth will love that, but people are expressing themselves with the show as they see fit.
0: Yep, they are. And again, it's well, it's free will, isn't mm. it? And it's what you as the consumer do. Mm. And we all might kind of make these choices. And it it comes on to a point, uh, uh, Jamesy has sort of said to us recently, which is like about the ethical and moral consumption of wrestling Mm. and post speaking out. Is that something that you're, you're kind of switching off, you know, and these are kind of decisions that are kind of made a lot of the time. So if you might think, for example, um, believe it or not, someone who loves American politics, I've never watched house of cards. Um, there is that idea now people won't go back and watch it because of because of kevin spacey and they're the kind of decisions. that's a hard thing to do with film and tv though i mean it God. is if you think wrestling is it bad. is, yeah and then when we get into wrestling for that as well i mean like football. chase it yeah yep yeah. there are all who scored the, the 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 story of the winning goal scorer in the champions league final yeah in and of it. yeah in and of itself um so it's complex and messy and the answers aren't really binary good and bad here it become it's 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 a messy kind of strange set of affairs and like you mentioned earlier i would say so everyone read the article by neil david kind of nailing the context that this show is happening in mm. and why that context is actually what a lot of us have a problem with and what people have a, a problem with um but if, what but I've, I've, it's like
1: it's crossed over mm. as well. And I didn't really. We're, we're probably not going to give it the full review. Of this I'm going to review this on BWE mm-hmm. as well. But like it crosses over into like I have seen. You know, but, okay. There's some bias here because you know Steph Chase is a frequent guest on this show and she was on the show as an interviewer um, and she mm. felt comfortable doing that. And I'm not going to question a decision. You know, Aliyah James is someone as I mentioned last week is somebody who you know w- was a victim um, in the speaking out. Movement, we don't need to go into that case, but she's felt, you know, comfortable working this show and, you know, needs to work. And I know people don't like hearing that, but, you know, that is her decision to make. And the other women on the show, it's their decision to make whether they class what Ospreay has done with the same severity as some of the other even more serious cases. I didn't Mm -hmm. like when it crossed over into that. Like, I think... Yes. I I think Dan Maloney... Created the Rob for his own back by being so so vocal with speaking out, and then to some people, you know, it's a betrayal. He's worked the show with Will Osprey, but I don't know. These are grown ups who.
2: It's they like, it's like the, it, Andy, and it's the Andy it's not... the Golden
1: thing, mate. It, it's yeah. I I don't yeah. I can't say this enough. Like if it was me, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't put Osprey on the show. But I can't say it's completely insane for someone to look at the information in front of them and go. I'm comfortable putting Will Ospreay on the show. I don't, yeah. you know, I'm looking at this and saying there isn't enough new information for me to to take that. And I know you disagree with that personally. Like I do, you think, and you know, you've said before, haven't you, they, they should strip him of the belt. But I don't think it's an insane decision for them not to do it either. Um, I
0: I thought of that because I kind of viewed the title belt as a captaincy in, say, football. Yeah. And that as, as the figurehead of the promotion, you're kind of the captain. Yeah. And do you lose that? it's not to say you can never can't get it back, but there's an element where you've kind of broken like rules or a code of conduct. And obviously this is a lot more, you know, this is tied up with things that are a lot more serious than that, but that's kind of how I viewed it. It's not that there isn't any kind of redemptive process, but it, and it's kind of mainly a, it, it's a, as much as anything, that's how I always kind of views, uh, viewed it. Sometimes like, you know, you've, you've mentioned it before about, about you know some wrestlers working this show, getting people DMing them and stuff like that, which yeah. is absolutely sc- scummy. People proudly
1: me. putting on Twitter that they DM the a, a victim to give them one four for working this show. I mean, yeah,
0: and it, I know, I know, and you lose hope at that time and you lose faith because all of the energy is completely misdirected. Yeah, in my opinion, like, and that's the politest way of putting it. That's just downright fucking horrible. Mm. Like really is. When is that ever a good idea? And I suppose this is the point is, is those wrestlers have to kind of live this. Mm. And for a great deal of us, we don't in the sense that we are fans and we will have a life, but they're kind of, their lives are wrapped up in this as well. And so the decisions that people are going to make in regards to their careers and what they do work wise, They're not always going to have nice, clean-cut answers for it. But I'm the kind of person who I don't – I don't think there are a lot of nice, clean-cut answers for things at times. Mm. I think life's incredibly fucking muddy and messy and horrible, and there are various things like this. But it's easy to be someone telling someone else you shouldn't compromise on this and this and this when you yourself don't actually have stakes invested in this. That's an incredibly easy thing to do. And I think that's something to be wary of. And I'll always bring it back to like I know it's 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 not the point. And I don't mean to deflect away from the things about Rep brokes. Like you yeah, I agree, like you, it's the idea of these shows existing that, that that really is kind of the crux of the problem. But like I saw an NXT UK thing. Um oh, yeah, Primer that's coming back. Out. How did we not cover and that that's in the first time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big and, news that like yeah, exactly. Yeah, massive news, um, like, and again, I know I've said this before. There are so many questions about that, and questions about what's happening with people who weren't and were not focused in that promo video back as well. And and at times, it feels like like these are the kind of bigger things that we're kind of forgetting. We got a it's fresh a lot- set
1: of new allegations this weekend, JP.
0: Like, yeah,
1: you know, uh, th- that is. Yeah. I mean, that's I I didn't really get any focus either. Like this is um, you know, I, I just feel like that is the stuff I don't want I, I don't know. I I am not going to quantify where people's anger anger should be no. and where it shouldn't be. I, I think yeah, I think you're you're onto a, a bit of a loser there, but like I say Jessica mm-hmm. Jessica Hyde this week. You know, this weekend, who's a photographer in the Northwest made a slew of allegations against a whole host of names um, in wrestling. Um, Believable allegations, especially you know, considering uh, my knowledge of the Northwest wrestling scene. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Where 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 do you direct your energy? um, Who are we to say?
0: Um, Exactly. What What did you think of it as a show? As a show, I it was fine i think there's some interesting kind of booking things that i think are going on Hmm. i think there's like a very clear kind of new set of wrestlers that they're really going far behind and i wouldn't be surprised if by the end of these tapings we end up with a very kind of different set of champions across the board um by what happens um what happens on here but there are like a lot of it was quite messy and quite scruffy. Mm. Um, and I still haven't seen actually, I must confess, I haven't seen the opener. Oh, the it's really good, you match. know.
1: Robbie X and Connor Mills, like, they're the, the really yeah. the
0: opener. I really enjoyed that. And uh, that was probably my... uh, we really tag, like Robbie X on this show, don't we?
1: He's great, Robbie X, he's he's, yeah. he's your perfect dude. For matches like this, where you know he is, he's uh, he's in there against the Connor Mills. He's going to bring anyone up to his level who's not at his level, um, and he's dependable. He's going to go out there for you, and he's going to have a match that you know it's not going to be a five star match, but it's it's going to be at least a three star match. I went three point two five on it, and I had to pace this thing as well as an opener that that really worked for me. yeah, and, and that's in an empty arena as well. To be honest, that is that is one positive mm. of the show. I thought I did think they did a good job of giving the empty arena atmosphere, and I think the loud commentary kind of been pumped in, which I think was done in post because Andy Q was uh, transporting himself into that, rang, that ring quite uh, quite quickly back yeah. and forth, wasn't he? <laughs> but, you know, that and having the two of them having seconds on the outside, as most of the people on the show did, apart from the contenders, like mm. added to the atmosphere as well. That was a good yeah. way to start the show, really, and give it, it felt like the show, a show that, you know, it's basically, it looks, you know, this, this is a show in a, in a wrestling school with some black, you know, curtains over some of the, uh, the, the background. Um, but, mm. it, 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 and it certainly could have easily been a dead show um, as far as atmosphere goes. That was a good way of starting the show and giving it some atmosphere. So, yeah, I would, uh, I would recommend actually going back and seeing that.
0: Okay. I would, so I joined in from sort of Newman Maloney, mm. which is, quite an odd thing's happened, like Newman's only 17, but, and we saw him do that talk WrestleTalk, wrestle talk free, sh- uh, no fans show. Mm. And then, He seems to, in that time, got quite jacked and quite built up. And you mentioned earlier on about um, uh, Ben Carter having a touch of the Ospreys Mm. as well, in terms of the wrestling skull. It was something here that they were clearly going through with mirroring of having Osprey seconding him as well. Mm. Um, But, like, and Newman's got real talent on there. It looks like Maloney's kind of shed a good bit of weight Mm. as well. Like, he's not, they were like kind of similar sized. And it was scruffy, but at the same time it was it was fun and it was lively and kind of never got very it never got dull and so I I kind of I think I would would, about three stars on that one yeah I went through on that as well well, I thought that was fine um yeah there was like you mentioned about the kind of overall I found with the 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 women's matches were interesting in particular like are you not good (laughs) I mean, I gave them both no. two stars. Like, <laughs> no, I think I was slight. I might have been slightly high. I might have been like two and a half on both. I mm-hmm. thought, I thought the second, I thought, I thought the main event just went went too long. Yeah, Giselle Shaw, uh, Jamie
1: Hater, and it was past the two hour mark at that point. That was this yeah. show should
0: be under two hours.
1: I know it didn't go much over, so it's not the end of the world. But yeah, I was uh, kind of looking at my watch a little bit at that point. I think
0: GCW was about to start as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, were you there for Giselle Shaw, Tessa Blanchard? Yes, when she that as well i mean which i know i mean tessa blanchard there's there's lots of issues there but in terms of in ring she is very very good and they had a they had a hell of a match together so you know she can be kind of risen to that kind of level i just found it interesting from a storyline focus that it kind of took up as much of the show as anything else so it's very clear about building a leah james as someone they're going with and having her have the shock win and you know she's very young so Mm. she's only kind of learning and developing but there's presence there there's that kind of underdog charisma there there's stuff there that i get the appeal Mm. um it's just where she it's just working with as many people as she can do and obviously that's something that not many people are able to do at all Mm. um but yeah for those matches i like Yeah, I didn't think they were particularly good, but I will say, I mean, other than the main event really feeling like it dragged for me, it's not like I massively discussed, you know, God, they were both better than The Fiend versus Braun Strowman. Let's make no fucking mistake. I am just
1: looking. Ian Hamilton gave, uh, you know, he did a a great review on 411 of the show and uh, had some really good points in his review about the current landscape. He went four stars for that main event. Maybe he's seen something I didn't. Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: just a match for me,
1: really. But yeah,
0: it would be to... the first one that Ian's probably seen something that we haven't. <laughs> <in, laughs> that is, so yeah, he he's really he's excellent like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's and I suppose we've kind of avoided, you know, the tag match in and that of itself. Was, that was about. really good, like that. I, yeah, I man,
1: you know, yeah, yeah, three, three and stars. I gave it. They did a really good job. I mean, there's a lot of people listening who are never going to watch this, and I get it, but. You know, yeah. you'll have to believe me they did a good job of basically the, the match was built around Kyle Fletcher's Osprey's number one contender um, Is it, oh we're looking forward to Kyle, Kyle Osprey so they've both got tag team partners here uh, and Ricky Knight Jr is supposed to just be the other dude as Kyle's partner isn't he and wouldn't you know it, he actually gets the win and I, I really mm-hmm. thought that was some really simple clever booking Like that was. It, it, you, you've still got your Kyle Osprey match and then you've now got a Ricky Knight Osprey match and probably a Ricky Knight Kyle Fletcher match that you can do at some point. Yeah. And probably a match with Michael Oku mixed in as well. That's the uh, it's that,
0: it's the unification match on the next show, isn't it? Oh yeah,
1: it? of course, yeah, that's the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go, you got that too. Like that is that's really smart booking. Um
0: and the rocket on it, on but yeah. It yeah. looks it looks like with Ricky Knight Jr. in particular, they're just sort of, they're really putting the rocket on him. Mm. And that's who they're going with. Because they always made, it was made mention a lot on commentary of his increase in size. Mm.
2: Um,
0: but this was, you know, it, it it, is not really in much more. We're going to say, like mentioned before, some people, people are are just going to not going to watch it as a match in the ring. It was, it was spectacular in the sense of lots of kind of stuff happening. There were lots of times where people were slipping and kind of slight mistakes and the rest of it. Which is gonna happen if people mm. haven't had kind of matches under pressure mm. um for for so long. Um but yeah, it was that was kind of really the, the focus of the evening is is that it was it was going on to the kind of new crop of people that they're gonna go with and and I can see why they're gonna go with Ricky Knight Junior. Yeah. And Kyle Fletcher who looks like say about a yeah. stone heavier. And Maloney mm. as well is in the th- Mm, in the next the up there with Osprey, and mm. I think by the end of these tapings, I wouldn't be surprised if if they've taken the belt off on Osprey. And I know it's it's been announced. I think, and these things can change. But in September, yeah, Japan is open to people who've got the work visas and and work permits.
1: I think I think that's going to be it with Osprey. I think, it, to be yeah. honest, if I if I'm not I'm not in the position to be given him advice, but like he probably should should have just sat it out and gone to Japan because. He's going to be on these New Japan shows, everyone, and there's going to be an yeah. know, there's going to be an issue there for people, um, how exactly they they deal with that, and if you know the same vitriol that this show got, um, happens for New Japan as well. Um, I guess we will yep. see. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I, I again, I'll, I'll probably do a more detailed review on BWE in a in a couple of weeks, but it was a fun show. It really was. Um, and I mean,
0: a shout out for Steph as well. Yes, did a It good wasn't job, yeah. served well by, by the audio, yeah, and yourself, we're obviously yeah. heavily heavily biased, mm. you know. Full disclaimer, but I really like the idea of having someone there just to give you a kind of quick twenty seconds update of why you should care about this match. Mm. Um, at times, it was difficult to hear, yeah, because that was a problem. of yeah. But that's just kind of like there was a lot of kind of general audio problems. Mm. But um, like you say, it was those things around the presentation that are better. Yeah.
1: You know, stuff we've been shouting at them for to do for how many years, and they do it yeah. now when the least people, at least in the bubble possible, want to actually watch them. Um, yeah. that is the story of Rev Pro,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know anything more on that. The uh, did, you, did you watch anything else? I can't imagine you did. That was uh, that's a lot of stuff for you, Japan's strong. Oh, you fucking did, of course, you
0: did. The final, yeah, <laughs> Kenta won. Okay, there's a fucking surprise. <laughs> there's your review, Kenta won. Thanks, it was everyone. all right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, there is. I, I will probably save that for next week. I okay, think we'll is, do a catch yeah. up because <laughs> because we'll be talking New Japan next week anyway with that with the Jingu show. Mm. So like, yeah, Christ, the Christ knows that's what that's gonna be like. Mm. Yeah. We'll probably want to rabbit on about New Japan strong for a good hour and a half to perhaps take the taste out of that one.
1: There you go. New Japan special show. Um, So you can stay tuned to that next week. Um, Yeah. Anything else from you, JP? Anything else you want to mention before we go? I suppose the uh, the round table again uh, coming up this week.
0: Round table this week. Um, Recording on Friday. So hopefully you should be up early on Saturday. Early as in depending what time I'm up. There you go. Whereas Grapple is...
1: is, Whereas Spotlight, sorry, is whatever time I go to bed. So, like, if you see this getting posted about half three, that means that's what time I went to sleep. Um, But I haven't got to go to work tomorrow, mate, because I have an happy test back. You know, my... uh, I I, uh, I could could be dying here, mate, but it'd be my own fault for... Eating out too much on the uh, the Tories' fifty uh, percent off plan. Uh,
0: well, it might be your super strain has contaminated the entire place where they're doing the results. <laughs> like the beginning of twenty eight days later, <laughs> and I am patient. it's sort of building up to, Yeah, uh, exactly. Your patient zero. I've just got a cold, JP. That's all it is. It's fine. Bit of yeah,
1: I'll live.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, other than that, I'm also recording because I'm busy B um, with uh, Davy Portman and, and Braden Harrington. Mm. um for up next and their best of series and a best of t and a best of uh the tna x division and i stress tna in that
1: oh I, yeah. I love low and davy like they are yeah And you know, as far as things we want to do with this podcast going forward i would say firmly they are role models uh in that degree they've built a hell of a thing with their uh their little up next universe um so,
0: workhorses aren't they oh, i'll
1: tell you what maybe don't stop um and that'll be me yeah that'll be me and you soon we haven't got jota to uh to talk some sense into us fuck knows what the uh, the coming months are gonna gonna do uh what? we'll
0: see i, I will always say the twitch stream is something that could also be our downfall yes like there's there's always that possibility there
1: you go, well, more on that next week, uh, and more on yeah. our plans as uh as Gareth comes back from Portugal and uh and we put some fun uh, things together for future, and yeah, I know we again, like we said at the top of the show, we know it's a big change, we know people are gonna yeah. are gonna miss Joe, but hopefully they join us and miss, miss him well, and you know at the bottom of it all he is one of our best mates, and you know we're uh, yeah. Uh, there's more important things than, uh, than podcasting um but yeah i'm sure he'll uh, appreciate uh, that people are going to miss him uh, but yeah other than that like i said we'll be back next week with the show obviously covering new japan heavily um download the grapple app i'm sure most people have already follow the grapple app on twitter at grapple app follow grapple gareth on twitter you might get a couple of holiday photos uh follow jp at jvjp and follow me at benson richard e. but yeah that's it for us for another show we'll see you all again next week Bye, Joe. (laughs) Bye, Joe.